services at a high level. And then lastly, Chair, I'll speak to the capital program at PRASA, which is an important area that I would like uh, the committee to bring to the committee's attention. That would be then, you know, where we would end off with regards to the submission. Next slide, please. Okay, so with regards to, you know, the vision, uh, mission and values, uh, chair and members, this has not uh, diverted much from our mandate, uh, whereas PRASA we seek to become the backbone of public transport uh, in the country, which is important. Rail, that's a role rail should be playing, and that's what we strive towards. Of course, this has been uh, uh, impacted on negatively over the past few years, but Nonetheless, that's that the vision remains uh, as noble as and as ambitious as as it is. Why Prasa exists? Uh, that also doesn't change. Chair to provide safe, reliable, and affordable commuter rail to to our passengers, <coughs> uh, long haul rail, passenger rail, as well as uh, intercity bus services, which we provide throughout Apex. That that so that becomes key, and it needs to cut across through you know everything we do. There are a number of values that are outlined. Uh, that we need to adhere to uh, around fairness and, and integrity, issues around teamwork and <coughs> a lot of other values uh, that are very noble. Again, I must say, Chair, that um, you, you know, given the state that PRASA has been in, we'll actually realize that uh, we, we would not have necessarily adhered to these over the past few years, and that's what we're working, you know, to turn around. Next slide, please. So the mandate of PRASA, um, this is just to remind ourselves because what we then plan in terms of the goals that we have set and the objectives in the annual performance plan derive from this mandate of PRASA, uh, which is to ensure that, uh, you know, we provide uh, rail commuter services to and within, uh, within to and from the Republic um, in consultation with the Department of Transport, of course, uh, long-haul passenger rail and bus services, um, key as per the National Land Transport Act as amended. So that's the main thing. So it's really to move passengers, you know, from point A to point B and back. The second and uh, second, the second and what we'd call a secondary objective is then to ensure that we generate income, you know, from the exploitation of our assets. And by assets here, chair and members would be referring largely to, for instance, our stations, there's quite a lot around asset development, property development that we need to, to be doing to, you know, supplement, you know, our income. So that becomes a key uh, secondary mandate, you know, for PRASA. We could move on. Are we still on? We, we are, Minister, I'm not in control, <clears throat> excuse me, of the slides, so I wait for them to be controlled from the other end. Unless I'm able to, to be given control, then I'll manage to move quicker. Um, so then there's a link to the National Development Plan, and with regards to that, um, I just want to draw the committee's attention, you know, to the third bullet where we talk about uh, you know, our contribution to the NDP and largely focusing around issues of employment and, you know, ensuring that uh, we 
reduce the cost of living, you know, through affordable rail fares, environmental issues, you know, through lowering our carbon footprint, as we know, rail is a mass mover, and as the mode uh, that it is, is is, is most uh, able to, you know, reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions, at least make a good contribution, a positive contribution towards that. Integrated transport planning, uh, ensuring that uh, we take into account future human settlements and transport corridors, um, you know, in terms of connecting our cities. And then around education, ensuring that uh, capacity building um, is, is, is part and core of what we do. So we've looked at the National Development Plan and we're saying these are the areas that we could and should be contributing, you know, to as PRASA. Next slide, please. Now the next slide, please. Okay, thank you. Then on the medium-term strategic framework, we've looked at the priorities that are relevant to us and those that we could contribute to as PRASA. Uh, priority one speaks to economic transformation and job creation. That's one area that we think is relevant in terms of access to job opportunities, as well as uh, looking at what we could do through our capital program. Education, skills and health, that's priority two focusing on training programs for customer services, security, as well as train ops operations. And then priority four, spatial integration, human settlements and local government, very important for us uh, in terms of the contribution we can make with regards to that, knowing the history that the country has with regards to the settlement patterns. So addressing the declining public transport system, you know, focus on interventions to make public transport more affordable and reliable, you know, uh, very important. And then priority six, uh, chair members, looking at a care, capable, ethical and developmental state where we need to ensure that uh, we restore uh, consumer, uh, customer confidence. Now, strategic outcome uh, oriented goals. So we effectively have two uh, key goals um, with regards to, to, to our APP. And those are aligned as indicated to the priorities, you know, the MTSF as well as the National Development Plan. So the one goal is around rail and passenger uh, transport, or at least creating one that works, rail and bus, bus passenger transport, that is. And here we're looking at rail and passenger transport, bus pa transport that is safe, affordable, reliable, uh, through met Metro Rail, our mainline passenger services, as well as Autopex, which is our bus div uh, division, through maintaining and modernizing the rolling stock, you know, our bus fleet infrastructure, uh, facilities, stations, and security. So the whole host of them need to then uh, you know work towards ensuring that uh, our passenger transport service um, is, is 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 reliable safe and affordable and then the second goal chair and members is around a capable organization and this is very important uh, and we look here at an organization that does business ethically um, and you know from the challenges that we you know uh, that one has inherited we certainly know that uh, ethics have not always been on the agenda uh, within PRASA, efficiency, uh, placing commuters and passengers on top of the agenda, you know, of PRASA. This is important because ultimately we serve, you know, the PRASA exists to be able to serve, you know, our commuters and passengers. So that has to be top of mind, the first thing that, you know, uh, we're able to articulate as, as employees here at PRASA. Then this is then showing how these um, goals uh, align to the strategic objectives. 
minister did touch on them. And uh, there's a, th there's a, there's a um, seamless uh, link between the goals, the objectives and, you know, the work that we are doing and will demonstrate as we go through the presentation. So the goals are the two, rail and bus transport that works. And under that, uh, we've got three objectives, uh, service recovery objective in terms of ensuring that we improve our service, uh, safety and security. And the safety not only speaks to, um, you know, it, it speaks not only to safety of passengers, which is very important, but also it speaks to the safety of our own employees uh, who do get exposed to acts you know, of violence. Um, and then the third objective linked to that goal is the capital program and modernization acceleration. Uh, the capital program and process has been delayed by a number of years. And, you know, we look at accelerating that and we'll talk to it as well as we go through the presentation. So the second goal around um, a capable organization, there we're looking at uh, governance. Governance uh, has been very compromised in the organization over a number of years. I suppose the fact that we are under administration, you know, speaks volumes to the level of governance in the organization. And then the second linked objective to that is revenue enhancement and cost containment. Uh, we've seen declining uh, fair, uh, fair, fair revenue uh, on the rail and bus side over the years, and um, you know our costs, you know, uh, have actually increased over the period, which makes for a very difficult, uh, you know, operating uh, arrangement. So just to touch on these uh, issues, then, so the strategic objective. So we've got the goal around um, rail and bus transport that works, and and linked to that, then is a service recovery objective where we seek to ensure predictable and reliable train and bus services through operational planning and recovery of uh, of the fleet ultimately you know the fleet is the tool of trade you know for for prasa as a rail operating passenger rail operating entity and and that then uh, finds expression through metrorail our metrorail service our mainline passenger services which uh, is also known as social as a mail as well as autopex the bus uh, service uh, which is you know, uh, Translux and Intersight, you know, as, as, a, as the services there. And infrastructure, facilities and the stations, you know, for, for rail. So effectively there we've got, uh, as I indicated, the three, you know, areas. And under those we've got a number of programs that are key for us, you know, um, for instance, on MLPS, we've got locomotives and fleet uh, that we need to to upgrade, as well as issues around the transit interface. So. Uh, we, together with Transnet, so we own the metro network largely. Transnet owns the long-haul network, uh, and we have arrangements where we, we use their network uh, for long-haul, and they use our network when they enter the metro areas. So there, there are interoperational issues there that uh, are, are very key. On metro rail, rolling stock and infrastructure uh, is important <coughs> in terms of new uh, fleet as well as the maintenance of existing fleet stations and facilities, and as well as the recovery of the lines that we spoke to. And then on Autopex, uh, ensuring that we've got a growth strategy, you know, a turnaround plan for Autopex, uh, given the difficulties that it has experienced, and a big part of it stops to the bus fleet and what we do about that. So we've got indicators then for each of these elements. So for service recovery, we've got a number of uh, indicators and some targets in terms of the medium term. So, for instance, if we talk about the recovery of the Central Line and Western Cape, initially there we had the targets that by 2021, later in the year, would have a limited operation and a full operation, um, you know, uh, in the next, uh, in the following year. So that also applies to the recovery of the Mapopane Corridor. Uh, and then the other um, 
indicators that we have along that left column, train sets availability by year, and for instance, we would have between 192 uh, train sets that would need to get back into service. Uh, Prasa has about 280 odd train sets, uh, and uh, currently, you know, we're running uh, quite low at about a third of that, and we we'll need to increase that so as to improve our service offering. Uh, and then also train uh, train trips scheduled for Metro Rail for this financial year. We've got targets there in terms of the number, 424,000. And then um, percentage of Metro Rail operated trains that run on time, which is now on time performance with a target of 62 train trips scheduled for um, MLPS and also uh, bus trips for Autopex. So if you could move on. Okay, so um, the next uh, objective speaks to safety and security management, where we're looking to improve safety management in line with the railway safety regulator requirements, uh, security of the press asset base, and implementing security technology, physical security, and integration. And this becomes uh, key for us because our <laughs> network which we utilize to transport our, uh, you know, customers. You know, over the over the period has also been vandalized, so we have to have we've got a dedicated focus in ensuring that we restore uh, security to the network as well as to our passengers and staff. So there are a number of initiatives on the safety side, uh, looking at positive safety culture, digital uh, documents and records, uh, human factor management. Then we're looking at security, uh, ensuring that we've got proper IT systems, safe and secure uh, yeah, operating environment. Uh, investigations uh, into some of the security issues and I think in some instances you know we've been able to make some breakthroughs through arrests um, and in some instances I think you know we'll find um, you know foul play with even the, some of the people that are working from within and then professional um, security at least we need to professionalize our security and we're working on that as well as screening and vetting issues not only for the companies but also for employees internally. Indicators for safety and security. Um, we're looking there at a number of uh, occurrences, rail occurrences that are reported uh, to RSR, uh, reducing those, you know, per annum, uh, looking at about 2,333 as a target for this year. Conditions set by RSR in terms of uh, uh, permits that are closed, we want to hit 100% target. Directives issued by RSR for completion in financial year closed. So every time RSR issues directives, we we would want to work diligently to ensure that we quickly uh, attend to those. Uh, and then number of occurrences as well that are reported, there's a target to the 4,521. If you could move on, please. Okay, so and then on the capital program and modernization acceleration, uh, and, chair and members. You must just realize that uh, due to network, they are a bit slow in terms of um, moving uh, with you. You can okay. just press ahead. We have the presentation, otherwise it has been sent to us. Oh, is it okay? Sure. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Chair. Uh, I'll go through. Okay. So, <clears throat> on the capital program, uh, what is an acceleration? Uh, here we're looking to develop a capital implementation process and implement uh, such to accelerate service recovery, which is which I've talked to, as well as delivery through modernization of the rail system. So 
the number of again programs here around um, capacitation rather of the capex program and we'll actually talk to what we're doing uh, on that score later on as we talk to the key programs excuse me corridor modernization um, rail um, uh, rolling stock rather and fleet renewal program is one of the items that um, we we are working on signaling as well as the properties and stations so the next slide then uh, around this capital program there's just a, a type of there at the top it should read capital program uh, the indicators there being the capital spend um, in terms of what we're looking to spend you know per annum uh, target there of about 13.3 billion which is quite a bit i think the minimum that we're looking at is 7 billion uh, for this uh, particular year minimum so rolling stock uh, fleet renewal program a uh, number of new trains that we need to to be receiving um, according to the plan, we should be looking at uh, 35 uh, trains per year. Yeah, of course, we'll have to review some of these given some of the challenges, but that's that would be the target. Signaling uh, commissions completed per contract. Uh, signaling very important for us uh, because the manual authorization of trains uh, creates uh, problems. Uh, of course, there could be accidents, but it also delays you know, uh, our uh, operations. Then the general overhaul of metro uh, rail coaches that needs to be completed. We've had a delay here last year, that's even prior to my coming through. Uh, the, the general overhaul uh, tender uh, resulted in a non-award. So effectively we've lost a cycle in terms of overhauling our uh, trains. And that's why the target is quite high for this year uh, that we need to look at because it impacts on the trains that we have in service. And then also general overhaul of the mainline passenger coaches that needs to be completed. Uh, there's a target there of 10, you know, for the year uh, to come. Then around, um, still on the capable uh, organization, revenue enhancement and cost containment uh, stream. Here we're looking at uh, reviewing the organizational design and business model. Uh, we'll talk to the work that we've done to date here. Very important because it also impacts on the efficiency of our operations. Uh, where the duplications, you know, and we're not able to extract uh, the necessary, um, you know, operational efficiencies. Uh, addressing revenue protection, uh, in this case, we actually need to also uh, look to increasing it. Gener and then generation for commuter and passenger transport, as well as the properties, which is a subsidiary mandate, assets to ensure a sustainable organization that is financially sound. That's where we would like to go, given the difficulties. So revenue enhancement, the number of initiatives, and we've just uh, listed just one or two there. Integrated ticketing becomes key, as well as ensuring that we have cashless ticket systems, uh, plus our properties, um, you know, leveraging of our asset base. And then on the cost containment, there are issues around uh, human capital uh, that we need to look at, uh, ICT uh, enablement, as well as the cost management in properties. And this speaks largely to utilities, quite a lot of um, money that we also owe to, to municipalities in this regard. So there's, there's, there are some efficiencies we would need to extract from that. Then on uh, the, so the indicators there is to look at the revenue, increasing our revenue, and ensuring that we keep our operation uh, expenses in check. Here we, have, we do have a problem in terms of our expenses, and I will talk later just to how we are dealing with it uh, at the moment to ensure that we turn the situation around. Then on the uh, governance, are still around capital organization, here we seek to address all auditor gen general findings, noting that uh, we had a disclaimer in the previous financial year. Ensure effective consequence management. There have been a number of investigations at PRASA. 
and uh, we're seeking to ensure that uh, consequences are meted out uh, fairly and adequately uh, so that uh, you know the, the processes the processes in place are fair to all that are implicated establish or improve policies systems and processes ensure effective uh, enterprise wide risk management in the organization uh, i think you know uh, the risk management that we have you know has been tested quite a bit you know with the advent of covid uh, and we're seeking to to improve that uh, also improving and streamlining the procurement processes our procurement processes have created a big challenge for the organization where a lot of uh, projects have you know become stuck and created a, 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 a challenge ensure that governance structures are uh, in line with the legal and business imperatives uh, i'll speak to this also in terms of what we are doing insurance cover and divisionalization of process subsidiaries so currently we've got two subsidiaries uh, being autopex and intersite there is a process of ensuring that those are you know, converted into divisions uh, and thus then we do away with the you know uh, the bureaucracy of having boards uh, within a, a company of of process and which is of divisions uh, throughout you know, all operating entities so on the governance side we're looking at the for uh, you know compliance issues process improvement uh, the policy environment for universe we've got outdated policies in some instances policies were non-existent again i'll give an update on how we and then the relationship with transnet um, is also key i've touched on it and i will touch on it again audit findings um, we've had you know particularly repeat findings we've had uh, problems you know, in this in the score therefore around governance the key indicator there is to ensure that uh, you know the or the opinion uh, improves yeah uh, or no, to an unqualified audit and particularly targeting um, you know a reduction of finding uh, this slide just gives a sense of how all this that I've just articulated comes together with the two goals as and the five objectives and then the various programs that we and then just some of the priorities and uh, in this presentation uh, uh, you know, we know that PRASA should contribute to the economy and job creation with its capital program, and we need to seek to ensure that it does so uh, through the creation and, and, and con of jobs and economic benefits, um, as well as uh, looking at the current rolling stock, fleet renewal, resignaling, and, uh, you know, the cooperatives that are in place. In some instances, we do have some of these cooperatives, you know, in terms of station cleaning and so forth, but this we need to do uh, and more. So we're looking at the jobs that... Uh, should be created from uh, the rolling stock fleet uh, renewal program you know over that uh, in 2021 1.3 thousand and other projects in prasa 1.5 uh, thousand that we, we we targeting and then around economic transformation job creation number of issues there with regards to training programs skills around customer ops train ops as well as protection services there we've got targets uh, to increase um, from what we had in the previous year and then internships and learnerships, which include apprenticeships. Uh, we've also got, uh, we've set some targets there as well as bursaries. However, we must, I must say here that given the financial situation, it also makes it difficult for us to move quickly on these, but we'll re uh, re look at them, re review them in, t in light of the financial situation, but those will still remain core because we cannot, uh, simply because of the challenges, uh, you know, ignore what uh, the important things that we need to be in place. And then lastly on this section of the presentation, just some of the key 
you know, indicators that we're looking at uh, BE compliance spend as a percentage of identified. Uh, for instance, we're looking at around 60% per annum. Qualifying small enterprises, we want to target uh, 15% together with the EMEs. That's another 15%. So when we actually work out and then develop the specs or specification for these projects on project by project basis, that's the, you know, the, those are the kind of targets that we would be looking at. So the specifications that we put out need, need to be clear around these issues. Of course, we will not be seeking to contravene any um, legislation, but to ensure that we build and are able to ensure that the social imperatives of the country, you know, uh, are met. And then we talk about black owned um, companies that spend targeted for those at 9%, black women owned uh, at 60%, as well as enterprise and development spend at 2%. We'll move on, Chair, the administrator's uh, turnaround plan. Uh, now, just to uh, locate this, and this all fits in and draws from the APP that we've developed. So it's tying up the APP, the mandate that the minister has provided uh, me and the team, as well as um, you know, the work that uh, we are undertaking on those five objectives that we spoke to. Just quickly, the nine areas that the minister has indicated that I need to specifically look at, and these are, they might sound repetitive, but it's important because they're key. The one looks into um, addressing all matters raised in the AGES report, ensuring that there are no repeat findings, which has been a, a big problem. So that's one. And then also uh, looking at a uh, second object, uh, issue there, improving operational performance at PRASA. The operational performance has not been anything uh, for us to be to smile about in the, in the recent past. That's an area of particular focus, ensuring that we implement uh, expedite implementation of programs such as fencing. Our network is uh, very porous at the moment. And uh, we need to ensure that we put an appropriate fencing to protect our network because through doing so, we protect our revenue as well. Signally, um, payway upgrades as well as station upgrades. Then the fourth area uh, speaks to security interventions across all corridors, ensuring that the corridors are properly secured from, you know, a, uh, a security, personal security point of view, as well as the technology we need to put in place. And then undertaking a review of uh, the organizational design and business model, I indicated that this is work underway. Very important also because the inefficient business model, operating model, makes it difficult you know, to achieve a number of important things that need to be achieved. And then six, um, ensuring that the capacity, uh, sorry, the capital program is capacitated and doing so and working with other entities. I will touch on this and report on some of the uh, progress uh, we're making in this regard. And then also building capacity to support interventions in the recovering the system, ensuring that we have appropriate supplier panels through competitive bidding. Uh, and this speaks to you know, an issue around lack of capacity internally, um, where the capacity, particularly in the technical and engineering areas, over time has been eroded. And therefore, because it will take time for us to, to rebuild that fully, in the meantime, we then uh, augment with these panels you know, from, uh, from the market. And then eight, ensuring that um, uh, we attend to issues that require engagements with our uh, sister entity, Transnet, to unblock blockages that negatively affect on operations. I did mention that the areas where we, we operate on their network and they operate on ours, those issues that have taken, that have been so for a while, we need to look at them, discuss with them, and we've started that conversation and I'll provide an update. And then lastly, uh, ensure that uh, consequence management is effected 
and provide support to investigations that are currently underway by law enforcement authorities. We are doing this and uh, we will follow up, provide an update. So chairs, I'll move on to the next slide. This is really to give a sense of how we knit this together in terms of that mandate, as well as those uh, uh, objectives that I mentioned, the five objectives, which have, you know, uh, are actually subcommittees of EXCO. So, you know, all these issues are therefore on the radar at all times that we meet so that, you know, we implement what we had promised to, to implement. So I'll then move on. <clears throat> now, when I say talking about the broken business, this is really just to create context in terms of what uh, I, one has uh, achieved, or it's sorry, one, what one assessed when they arrived. And this is as relevant as it was uh, earlier on um, in my tenure as it still is now. Uh, so when I, after I'd made my assessment in January, Chair and members of PRASA, I characterized it as a broken business. So I indicated this was largely due to the systematic erosion of value that the business had experienced over a number of years. I then made the commitment that we as press officials uh, do not have a choice but to bring a semblance of order to this important institution while striving to deliver value to our customers. Then I've articulated and indicated what some of those issues are that contribute to the broken business and just touching on them and not uh, uh, spending much time. Organization has seen countless changes at, at CEO and board level, I imagine, uh, since you know around 2015 or so. Uh, Questionable decisions have been taken by leadership with disastrous consequences, uh, little or no consequence management at PRASA. So, uh, you know, their wrongdoing is is, is, is is noted, but nothing is really done about it fully, uh, except for some isolated, case, isolated cases. No proper record keeping. Uh, in some instances, you don't find uh, records. And I think this has also uh, been um, quite apparent in the past year, even when PRASA has had to engage with the parliament or some of the committees, no adequate backup systems of information, operating systems there and here are not fully developed, deployed, whilst in some cases that could be non-existent. Policies, I mentioned the policy universe, standard operating procedures, you know, problem, uh, inadequate SAM processes contributing to hampering the procurement of goods and services, um, and also in poor implementation and spend on capital. I think, you know, one, when I was um, last year around December, you know, uh, out of a budget of about uh, 12 or so billion rand uh, capex, only 10% of that had been spent by that time. So one can see the slow rate of expenditure. Irregular expenditure remains high. And repeat findings keep on increasing and not addressed, and then exempt long-term or sin liabilities. Uh, I think yeah, this will also then touch on. Just some of the immediate measures, uh, Chair and members, that uh, have undertaken since uh, uh, coming just to touch on those. We first say, though, that um, I do think we're registering steady progress, but we still uh, have quite a bit of work to do, and I'll demonstrate that during the course of the briefing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I've undertaken um, a few actions to ensure that we set the foundations for stability in this organization. We've set up a robust uh, EXCO structure that meets every two weeks since January without fail. Uh, EXCO is supported by five subcommittees that also convene biweekly in between the EXCO meetings, since January in order to feed into the EXCO agenda. And those objectives that are in the APP that lead to those goals, the two goals that we, we spoke about, are at the center of um, these deliberations and the work that we're doing. You'll note that, um, that the progress update, therefore, is structured according to these subcommittees. 
uh, raise this chair and members here that because it is a fundamental requirement for instilling proper governance at Prasa, which had for all intents and purposes has been compromised over the last few years. I've also posted, posted the office of the administrator, that is the office that I occupy, by appointing a team of seasoned technical advisors uh, chair. Uh, these professionals hail from government departments, uh, state research institutions, as well as industry. And just to, to uh, give a sense of who these are so and where they, their focus areas are, on the finance, uh, I've got Mr. Krishna Kavinda, who's an experienced chartered accountant. On the supply chain management side, uh, we were quite lucky. I made a request to, to National Treasury for secondment of one of their SCM uh, staff members, and they were um, good, kind enough to second Mr. William Atebula, who was the acting chief procurement officer at Treasury at the time. On the legal advisory, I then requested the DOT for a secondment, and uh, Mr. Sifisos Melane, who's in the legal department within the DOT, has been seconded as part of the team. Stakeholder engagement comes in business performance, Ms. Persa comes in economist, and then on the rail and bus operations, I requested the CSR for secondment, and uh, they sent one of their preeminent transport engineers, Dr. Mateta Mukwanyama, who's uh, assisting us, working with the team. And then on the technical engineering um, chair members, uh, Mr. Temba Kamane, who's a civil engineer. So these professionals have also strengthened extra capacity as well a number of uh, defici deficiencies at this level. Now, I, I'd said I'll touch on this chair. We've triggered a number of key partnerships uh, which seek to build strong operational relationships with other entities of state that we interface with. And some of those key examples uh, that I would like to highlight uh, relate to Transnet, and we'll talk about some others when we get into the detail. So here, historically, Chair, there have been a number of unresolved issues between Transnet and Prasa, and this is since the separation of persons and uh, services from Transnet, which date back to around 2006. This has had a detrimental effect for both parties as a result. So recently, the CEO of Transnet and I, together with our teams, have met and we've set up a number of work streams that are focusing on mutually agreed business critical items. This process is going to strengthen the operational issues between our entities, and I'm quite confident, uh, Chair and members, that our collaboration will be for the benefit of the South African public. So we'll be making progress on that score. And then on ESCOM, ESCOM plays a very important role in our economy, and one of those is to power our trains. So furthermore, the number of common areas that requires to join forces, such as the areas of cable theft, as well as technical assessments and monitoring of substations. So ESCOM has got uh, quite a number of uh, electrical-related skills, naturally, and we've um, requested that we look at areas of working together. So the CEO of ESCOM and I have met together with our teams, and we've agreed to work together and set up a number of work streams that will enhance our synergies. And then with regards to security and enhancing our security capability, We've engaged with the South African Police Service uh, with the purpose of strengthening our relationship as we have an MOU that we entered into in 2019. So such chair members, there will be a force multiplier in our environment through some special operations. It is therefore important to emphasize that uh, process rail and station infrastructure serves as an enabler to various economic sectors. It therefore goes without saying that in all, um, as it is in all our interest to protect these assets of national importance and keep criminals very far away from them. It's not just for us as PRASA, but they are national assets. Uh, and I must say, Chair, we're also investigating and looking at ways, together with SAPS, where we could designate some of our infrastructure as national key point uh, areas. We've also moved to Institute Consequence Management on a number of matters uh, 
cited in various investigations reports at PRASA, as I indicated or alluded to earlier. To this end, we've suspended 12 senior members who will be undertaking undergoing disciplinary action. Where instances of possible corruption are picked up, these will be handed over to the National Prosecuting Authority. There are also a number of matters that are being processed by ourselves, together with SIU, as well as the Directorate for Prior to Crime uh, Investigation. So there are more issues that we are looking at over and above the ones that we've acted upon. There have also been quite a number of vacancies at executive level, so arrived to about seven vacancies at executive level, and we have completed the process of filling these, the majority of these, six of these, or five of them. Uh, over the past few weeks, we've undertaken a fairly rigorous process of identifying suitable candidates, and we will, in the course of this month, make announcements in this regard for uh, Prasa Rail CEO, Prasa Tech CEO, Autopac CEO, Chief Information Officer, as well as the Company Secretary Chair. I made, I made a lot of, um, I alluded to this and made reference to it quite a lot. Over the past 10 years, we have seen a steady and sharp decline in fair revenue, which has necessitated an increase in the operating subsidy in the organization. So on the other hand, though, our expenses have increased uh, unabated. So you have a uh, situation where over the past 10 years, our, rev our revenue has been depressed, uh, you know, to the point of uh, stagnating, uh, but our expenses have increased, which does not, you know, abode well for, for the business. And that graph that we present there just indicates that disjuncture. With only 2014, uh, the year that there could have been some uh, very little uh, profit. So we're working on arresting the situation and, reverse, and seeking to reverse it. So as we work on initiatives aimed at improving revenue over time, it is of primary importance that we reduce unnecessary costs in the organization. So we need to watch our costs very carefully and we are working on this. So we're paying particular attention to some of these uh, cost items, overtime issues, allowances, issues around casual and risk labor pool, fleet usage, we're looking at train operations, and our fixed costs, looking at ways to which we can negotiate, um, you know, some of uh, issues that we can eliminate, reduce rates or deferrals, uh, municipal related costs, which are quite, uh, you know, high, and, you know, ticket sales negotiating, reduce rent, uh, rentals uh, in instances. So there's quite a number of a plethora of issues that we are looking at at this point, and uh, we, we will provide an update. So it has also become an accepted practice chair at this organization to budget for a deficit and this has been happening over a number of years which is not good so the process of our aligned above seeks to change this unacceptable budgeting culture and this is one of the very important elements towards creating a sustainable business model so the work we're doing and that you know engaging with will be engaging soon with the dot in terms of relooking at the budget is to uh, rewrite that wrong now moving into the turnaround and getting into some of the specifics uh, and again, these are linked back to the APP as well as, you know, the mandate that the minister has provided. I had structured these uh, when I presented, or at least when I formulated them back in Jan, in January, around three areas, or at least three phases. Uh, the first phase over a three-month period, looking at bringing stability and order in this organization. A lot of instability, there's a lot of disorder, there has been, and looking at, you know, providing that so that the organization can function and be able to do the things that it needs to do. We'll talk to that. The second, over a six-month period, would would, would looking at uh, accelerating execution of projects. As I indicate, projects have not been moving over the past couple of years. So how do we get those going? How do we accelerate? How do we ensure that our supply chain systems are streamlined and we are ready 
you know, to go to market, to get projects going. So that, that speaks to that. And then over the 12 month period, Chair and members is around uh, looking at commissioning projects that would have been uh, completed um, at that point, looking at, of course, there would be delays. I think Minister did also touch on it. They would then we look at creating business continuity and then handing over what would be a stable business, a business that has order in it, uh, that has the foundations for creating a sustainable uh, rail service. So those are the three, and I'll report um, on those chair and members as we go through. So if we look at the three-month program, and I'll focus the slides um, on, the sec on the middle uh, column and the column to its right. So the middle column around the key program, as well as the status thereof. So on the service recovery, we had indicated that um, we need to ensure that these, the well, critical components are delivered you know, to our depots. Uh, as we know that uh, I indicated that our uh, service uh, is not in a, in a good state. And part of it relates to the fact that components and parts you know, have not been delivered to depots and therefore train uh, sets are not you know, more, uh, maintained you know, adequately for them to get back to service. So this becomes key. So we've been receiving <clears throat> some critical uh, components, particularly in the Gauteng region. Of course, more can be done, but uh, there is work that has uh, assisted quite a bit. And we'll be advertising a more comprehensive tender by mid-June 2020. So this has been delayed. One of the issues that has not um, happened in the organization over the past uh, year or so, and that's what we now uh, you know, would be seeking to accelerate so that our stores are properly stocked up. And then the rolling stock renewal program, looking at receiving we had then five to six uh, trains provisionally uh, accept, accepted we said during this period at the stage we've got four uh, new trains that have been provisionally accepted uh, from the local factory during this period uh, various tests uh, you know conducted at various stages but uh, that's where we are and they would then be moved to our uh, receiving depot being uh, a volmatin and then the uh, developing of a passenger service charter uh, the service charter was last updated in 2013, which is not desirable. Passenger service charter is our, essentially our contract with our customers, um, and for us not to have updated it for that long does not bode well. We've redrafted this charter, discussed it, deliver and deliberated on it, and Exco has approved a new service charter. We're now in the process of rolling this charter out, and um, that then will also impact on the timetables and the schedules that we put out and ensure that we need to ensure that we stick to it, you know, uh, to the extent that we should. These technical work streams and operations and prop that speak to the these picture to um, our uh, relationship with transfer, the work streams I referred to, so on the technical operations, property and assets, uh, manufacturing and commercial. Those are the streams that we're focusing on, on the issues that uh, bind the two entities. And we'll find resolutions there and hopefully um, we'll enter into a new you know, agreement uh, with our sustained entity. So we've developed terms of reference, um, adopted and work plans and activities and milestones have been finalized by each of the work streams and they will be working in earnest. The acting CEO of Prasa Rail as well as the CEO of um, uh, um, Transit Freight Rail are leading this, this process. Then the next slide around revenue enhancement and, um, and cost containment. We spoke about a new operating model and organizational structure that needs to be developed. So we've developed, we've put together an in-house team of PRASA employees um, to go and review 
all the work that had been done previously by consultants, we sought not to go and appoint a team of consultants, but to do it internally and to work on reviewing this operating model. So <clears throat> what they've confirmed and the team has confirmed that far from this review are the structural impediments that have worsened since PRASA was created. So by design, PRASA delivers its mandate inefficiently across divisions and subsidiaries, which is a problem. Strong internal focus has also stunted value creation for customers and stakeholders. So operating model review to date therefore suggests and confirms some of the things that have been a concern. Uh, streamlining of functions to service delivery and revenue generation mandates through the removal of duplicated efforts, strengthening regions accountability through measurable performance and uh, functional structure to enforce service uh, value chain. We look forward to the you know, final findings, but it's, you know, a lot of it confirms, you know, what uh, has been identified as problematic in the organization. But towards the end of this month, we should have that. Around the capital program and modernization, uh, national station upgrades, we had indicated that we're looking at uh, the tenant installation in the uh, parade uh, concourse. that uh, delays there, but it's at 69% at this stage, and uh, we're looking at uh, the impact of COVID, and we've set a, a date of November to finalize that. Uh, but you know, can be drawn sooner, uh, depending on what the the regul the the, the relaxations of the directions and regulations, you know, would come would would tell us. Then reviewing of the EPMO, the Enterprise Program Management Office, uh, I've spoken about major delays in capital programs. Uh, you know, the quality of information that we receive, not of uh, in a good state. So the 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 EPMO Enterprise Project Management Office becomes very key in terms of ensuring that we are able to have a good view of these projects and are able to um, identify specific interventions. So we've set this up, we've developed a plan for it, um, and this has been approved by Exco. We are busy rolling this out and this will ensure close monitoring of project delivery and also ensuring that the information that comes through the organization through um, to a shoulder a representative of the Minister of Transport as well as uh, the Portfolio Committee of Transport um, is of good quality. So this, this is a welcome move. We've then also we had indicated around sourcing uniform clothing for security personnel, uh, where we had a situation where some in, in within PRASA, some personnel might not have a, a you know, uniform. It might seem like a, a, a minor issue, but it actually isn't, because security need to be able to be identifiable. Um, and here we've developed specifications and compiled for this specification committee in preparation for tender advertisement. Delays here will not only speak to this aspect around uh, SCM issues, you know, a whole lot of issues that we had planned and are ready, you know, for the specifications, evaluations and adjudication committees, you know, have been awaiting, uh, you know, the relaxation of these. And we are considering and send, you know, uh, deviations that we will request on some of the most critical areas so that we can try and avoid further delays. Uh, but that would need us to um, contact Treasury through the Department of Transport. Okay, development of a security strategy. This has been done, uh, and this is aimed at ensuring that there is an integrated security management plan, that security is not just about a response from a security point of view, but the rest of the business needs to also come in. So that has uh, been developed and we're working on that. And part of what I discussed with regards to our uh, engagements with the SAPS, you know, uh, also, you know, emanating this. I have also appointed um, a Brigadier General Tebo Horakao, who retired to lease and stabilize the security department. He's been in a similar environment at Transnet, uh, Transnet Trade Rail, 
and I think you know he'll bring you know a key uh, you know experience. Then on governance issues, updating of policies. I spoke about the policy environment, and um, you know how it has not uh, been in a good good shape. We've uh, developed uh, policies in this period that have been here, and these policies have found their way through the uh, various subcommittees and they've come through EXCO. So a number of them, and this list is not exhaustive, around supply chain management, fraud and uh, corruption prevention policy. We've looked at various internal audit policy, a lifestyle and audit, that policy is approved, and hence we're able to, to move on, 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 on lifestyle ethics uh, policy approved. Excuse me, we've looked at a number of issues, recruitment and selection, asset disposal, asset disposal, big issue, got a lot of um, assets that, you know, have been used up, uh, that are scrapped effectively, that uh, sit in our depots, and because of the absence of an approved policy, these couldn't be disposed, and they also have a negative impact of attracting, you know, um, you know, criminals who want to, uh, you know, try and scavenge of these, and, you know, they end up also you know, vandalizing our train sets. So that, that has now been done and is being implemented. Uh, disciplinary policies, key security policy and charter, uh, declaration of interest. So there's a number of these, and I'm just listing them just to give a flavor of what would have been missing or not up to date uh, with regards to the, the policy environment that one uh, found, delegation of authority. So we review these policies and, and these uh, oh, the gaps that is uh, constantly and there's a number of them that i'm sure by the time you know uh, the year is up we will have uh, at least managed to get a lot of them in place as policies are the bedrock of the organization uh, in terms of ensuring that things are done properly okay then implementing controls through activation of domain set modules this largely also speaks to the manual nature of things ma manual nature of the authorization on various aspects so specs are at the bid specification committee in uh, getting ready for tender advertisement. Modules that are important here include real estate, plant maintenance, project management, and employee self-service and recruitment. So we need to ensure that a lot of all these are automated. In this day and age, we shouldn't be operating on, on manual systems. Then tracking and auditing, sorry, attending to audit findings, in, in particular repeat findings. Uh, happy to indicate here that uh, I have approved implementation for implementation a fundamental structural intervention that reports to my office that will ensure management responses to audit findings uh, are dealt with as part of root cause analysis so that we're not dealing with issues at a high level because that's why you end up with repeat findings. So we're looking at root causes, ensuring that these are complete in terms of key control points applied against a standardized internal control framework, identifying accountable executives and process owners. So that aligned to performance and consequence management, and also undergoing, you know, quality assurance process. Very important. So, key is the focus, and uh, the team is working, you know, on this, and we should, um, hopefully, be able to turn the situation around. It's been around for too long. Okay, then setting up of a panel of service providers to provide capacity to the capital program implementation. I think I've touched on this earlier. Really, we've got specifications are ready for tender adver um, yeah, advertisement uh, for this. And then moving on, Chair, uh, still on governance, uh, key program that's setting up a panel, uh, sorry, a panel of service providers to provide capacity to this program. I've mentioned this uh, earlier. And then lifestyle audits <clears throat> on all employees in finance. We said we'd target the top 300 uh, of process management and employees. So 186 names have been uh, submitted, senior process employees to the SSA, 
um, a while back for vetting, which include lifestyle audits. Uh, these comprise of the following, starting from my office here, the office of the administrator with myself, and then technical advisory team, group executives, subsidiary individual CEOs, GMs, RMs, and you know, all going to uh, supply chain, um, you know, security, as well as the rolling stock area. So we provided office space as well uh, for the state security agency to undertake this exercise, as well as other work that they're doing within the entity. Um, so that, and this happened prior to COVID and we had started this process. Uh, we will uh, make uh, headways, we're quite sure about this because we are providing all the support that they need, having made the request for them to continue you know, and undertake this very important exercise. Still around consequence management, Chair, on the next one. Uh, SIU proclamation, there is an SIU proclamation around a number of matters that have been investigated. Uh, the ER reports that have been developed, so working with them, safe to say that uh, as a result of that, uh, some of the uh, suspensions that we've effected, the charges that we have uh, finalized and instituted against 19 managers, uh, largely within the supply chain management space, security and rolling stock. Um, and that those processes, as soon as uh, we're able to process and uh, uh, some of the relaxations, relaxations are lifted, we'll be able to uh, move on that chair. <clears throat> so um, then also just on the, with regards to the Hawks, uh, we're working with the SIU and the Hawks and the matters are not necessarily the same. Uh, so Hawks are working on 23 matters in the process uh, of collating information. So 16 of these um, matters have been sent uh, on the 5th of May by the Hawks to the NPA Specialized Commercial Crime Court, which we're very happy to hear. We've provided support and we declared that now it's at that stage. Two matters will be sent to the NPA Special Commercial Crimes Court on, and that indicated when we prepared the presentation by Friday. Uh, so we're hoping that, you know, that has been done, but it signals progress in terms of, you know, where we are on these matters. Then uh, with regards to matters, the internal matters that are at the CCMA, there are a number of these, 58 of these matters that uh, are at various stages on various matters, sorry, with uh, various focuses. Um, currently, CCMA uh, is closed and uh, we should advise it again on the 1st of May to say they remain closed. But um, so that will create some delays for us. But we'll watch that uh, closely because we'd like to expedite these cases and ensure that the fair processes are undertaken in this regard. And in the Labour Court, there are 49 matters involving process at various stages. Again, here matters are pending, awaiting dates, you know, for hearings. Then moving on to the six month period and time frame chair program, we've got, we indicated that we're looking at implementing a cashless ticketing system. So specifications for the appointment of the service provider have been compiled for bid specification preparation for tender advertisement. Again, it falls into that basket and we'd like to see these processes move fairly quickly, the chair and members. Automatic fare collection is one of the objectives that we have uh, moving away from, you know, again, a manual system. We've done some market analysis on this on available systems. We've looked at a benchmark we've met with the scout train, and um, soon enough, the team will be presenting to me a proposal around how we will uh, uh, ensure that this takes place. Integration of rail and bus service. Uh, we've developed a short-term recovery plan for Autopex, and Exco has approved this plan, uh, and that will also look into, it, it does look into how we can better integrate our bus services into rail, but also in some instances in terms of the lines that we're recovering, there are some intermediate measures we would like to put in place 
uh, around creating a road-based option whilst we're recovering the lines and autopacks would then play an important role there in terms of substituting you know the rail service okay and then improved and predictable time table for uh, train service i did touch on this when i spoke about um, the service charter so uh, timetables are being systematically reviewed for metro rail mps and autopacks autopacks rather to ensure that there is accuracy consistency ease of communication and direct linkage to infrastructure and fleet availability so these, as indicated, are informed by the service charter that has been approved by EXCO. And um, then moving on to new train um, service uh, provided on the Pretoria line, uh, Cape Town, uh, Heathfield in particular, RSR, um, so on the uh, Pinasport to uh, Pretoria station line, RSR had, has approved for us there to, to operate you know, commercial service in the afternoon peak. And that is already has been taking place before the lockdown with the new trains or the blue trains. They've also approved uh, movement of eight trains, train sets of the new trains, the blue trains to the Western Cape. That uh, approval we have and we will be moving them. We were just uh, delayed again, or at least, you know, um, hampered by the, by, the, by the lockdown. There are two trains that are in the Western Cape at the moment of the new trains, the blue trains. So that would then make a total of 10. Then around revenue enhancement, um, we mentioned, I made mention of our discussions with ESCOM, uh, so the issues around the tariffs, uh, the tariff that uh, we are currently under, which is a Transflex tariff based on an agreement which was signed in two, or entered into in 2006 when the SARCC was still in place. So we've approached ESCOM to say we think this uh, needs to be relooked at. They are not um, opposed to that. Uh, our teams are going to then start looking at that. They have proposed what they call a mega flex option, which is different because currently we are under the industrial users type tariff, which is a transflex. So when we are done with that and we've reached agreement, we will then explore, we are exploring, we would then make a joint submission to, to NASA on the tariff review. As indicated earlier, we're also exploring the sharing of technical and security expertise uh, with ESCOM. Then around implementing a shared services model, um, currently you got as I indicated, quite a lot of duplication within the entity. Uh, some, you've got similar um, uh, services sitting at corporate and others you'd find in the various uh, divisions, you know, colleagues doing the same thing that could be streamlined. So that shared services model is looking then at uh, uh, creating a shared services center within corporate for those uh, shared services, HCM supply chain finance and ICT. We've started the realignment of reporting lines with regards to this uh, exercise uh, and hoping that uh, as we move into June, there'll be extreme progress in terms of ensuring that colleagues have, you know, are, are starting to report appropriately, appropriately into their functional areas. Then around um, key corridors, I'll speak to this in a bit more detail at, a bit later, Chair, the Western Cape uh, Central Line as well as Mabupan in terms of the recovery that we are looking at there. Consolidation of engineering and technical functions. Prasa is that um, the technical and engineering functions located, you know, throughout the organization, they are not integrated, and as a result, has had a detrimental impact on the capacity of Prasa Tech to deliver services. So what we have done is to ensure that the technical and engineering type functions, capital programs, are consolidated into Prasa Tech, and that process is 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 is, uh, is on the go. There is a steering committee that's overseeing that and reporting to me regularly. 
So capacity support and program and project management tools to this in terms of the EPMO. But yes, we are working uh, on this and having business requirements uh, developed uh, and consolidated. Uh, and we'll have a good project management regime soon enough within uh, the entity. Yes, we're working and looking to work with uh, uh, gaining, you know, from from some of the experience that you know Transnet has had, and we will uh, seek to collaborate with them. On the security, safety, and security chair and members, construction of modern control rooms uh, specifications are being developed. This is one of the projects that had been on the you know cards, or at least was implemented. Sort, let me rather say, process sought to implement a couple of years ago, but it never did. Uh, uh, it was never completed. Uh, so we're starting. We have to start on a new process, uh, and this is key for security at our depots as well as our stations. So that process uh, would uh, we, we we hope to go get the specifications complete and go to market soon. Chair implementation of security measures, looking at fencing and technology, a priority corridor and hotspots. Uh, specs are developed for security technology that will augment you know our protection services. Depot fencing designs have been concluded, and we're looking to appoint a, a depot financing contractor, and that will be advertised around June. A lot of these uh, are looking, in terms of our plans, chair and members, we're looking at a lot of these projects going out to market. You know, hopefully, you know, if, you know, everything goes according to plan, and we do get uh, some deviations around June, July, you know, thereabout. Then appointing of long-term security. Uh, we are working here with um, the SAPS as well in terms of augmenting or at least uh, reviewing the tender specifications that we have, which you know had some whole, um, loopholes in them, in that we are not also able you know to claim from the security companies that oversee a particular section when there is vandalism, you know, uh, we end up having to pay the costs. So that those are the gaps that we are looking to close. SAPS has assisted us and they've reviewed our specs and we're finalising those and we should then use those. You know, to go out uh, to market. Just also to indicate here that part of our uh, interventions uh, are looking at bringing SAPS. Uh, we're having conversations around them. You know, assisting us in uh, these specialized operations I spoke about earlier, bringing the mounted units, canine uh, dog units, to assist in very in hotspot areas in terms of combating you know the crime that we have. And uh, discussions are quite advanced, at advanced stage rather, with regards to this. Then on the governance chair, which is the last um, update on on the very on the key priority programs, implementing of document management system, we're looking at record management policy that is under review and appointing uh, a service provider. Uh, this is at the education stage. We are also using you know current um, Office 365 in the short term to ensure that documents are stored centrally and not just you know in uh, staff members' uh, computers because a lot of information does get lost in the organization. We've seen this where, uh, you know, there's important information, particularly for some of the cases where information has just uh, vanished because it's not centrally stored. Okay, setting up of a panel of providers uh, to provide capacity to the capital program. Uh, here we've uh, revised and strengthened the SCM policy uh, that is in the process now. It's approved in the process. The SOPs are being developed. Delegation of authority has been reviewed, which was uh, not clear in some instances, and XO has looked at this and uh, approved it. So that is being rolled out. Uh, and concluding in the vetting and screening, I spoke about this uh, earlier, but it's a process that's on the go. Full support from our side, at least, particularly from our office, 
to ensure that this process is, uh, is, is completed adequately. Performance management system uh, need to ensure that it's strictly adhered to. We're cascading the performance management scorecards for 2020-2021, and this has been completed up to general manager level uh, by the end of April last, uh, sorry, last month. We're cascading now to um, these to assistant management level, and this will be completed, completed uh, chain members by 30 June 2020. And then lastly, implementing employee recognition reward program. That's what they said we'd do. Uh, this is currently being developed and will be completed at the end of June, you know, 2020. So, Chair, if I move on to the corridor program, <clears throat> I indicated, and I'm isolating the two uh, corridors um, as announced by the President in the State of the Nation, and also, you know, the Minister uh, and I having gone to launch these programs. Um, we've reviewed the program, but I just wanted to give a sense of where what we had indicated uh, initially. And this, we've reviewed this in light of uh, lockdown, as well as the increasing theft and vandalism uh, revised dates. So initially, we had indicated that uh, by August for the two corridors, both the Central and Mabopane would seek to have a uh, road-based interim service by August of this year, whilst you know uh, the construction is taking place. And then September, around September, October, would then start initiating a limited service. Um, uh, rail-based service, that is. And then next year, uh, April, thereabout, we'll then have a full service. Now, that has been delayed. So we've revised the schedule accordingly. We're now looking at the Centurion bus service uh, around November because we do. Have, we are also awaiting some uh, uh, responses. We've requested um, assistance from a finance point of view for us to be able to put get those, you know, the buses on the road. Uh, we're looking at November. And then phase one, in fact, March next year, which is the limited service, and then going into August for the full service. So all these plans are in place. It's a matter of just ensuring, or at least adhering to the regulations, and as soon as we're able to move on some of these things, we will. And where we are able to save time, certainly, you know, we'll be able to fast track. So <clears throat> we'll review this um, um, program, or review the program and time frames uh, continuously, uh, looking at, you know, the impact of the lockdown, uh, as we don't fully know uh, the extent, but um, we're working on that. Uh, during this period, uh, we've also sought to refine and just improve and finalize our specs and ensuring that everything is streamlined and ready, you know, when the committees can sit and where the colleagues can sit and, and evaluate these, um, because it's difficult to do it uh, virtually. You've got to be, you know, in the office, it's loads and loads of paper, at least documents that need to be gone through. So the procurement schedule is fully developed uh, with the committees that are being established and finalized and stakeholders being engaged. And also just the last part is um, with the central line, just to highlight central line, there are issues around illegal settlements that occupy the rail reserve around the areas of Landa, Filippi, as well as Kailicha, uh, in uh, Nkobela. Uh, the Minister of Transport then is leading a process here to ensure that uh, you know, uh, there is a resettlement program uh, so that we can be able to, you know, move on our program uh, of uh, re well, walling and refurbishing the lines. So there's these uh, these meetings have been taking place led by the minister, to, um, together with the Minister of the Department of Public Works, with Minister Delil, Western Cape uh, Province, uh, as, as well as the city. So there's work that is being done uh, and the DG leads a, a technical team, you know, that is working, you know, on this as well. The other slides, Chair, I would go 
So they give the detail to that program and the revisions. So I'll skip those slides and, and go to COVID, the impact of COVID, um, just slide 61. So COVID has had an impact on us, like uh, it has on you know all aspects of the economy. So we terminated our services uh, during lockdown and level five and uh, still within level four uh, in line with the regulations. Uh, so to date, I mean, revenue loss uh, due to the lockdown um, between April and May, uh, we're looking at an estimate of 199 million, resulting in further cost constraints on what is an already strained financial situation here at Prasa. Estimated revenue loss for the year, at this stage you're looking at 757 million, um, and that figure depending on when we resume and to what extent we resume our operations, you know, can still change, but that's the impact we have at this stage or the, the, the forecast. So um, in, this is an impact therefore um, in terms of the key projects, uh, negative impact on plan project timelines and capital intervention programs, the priority corridors that I've spoken about, no bids advertised during the lockdown period as directed by National Treasury, closed bids that are not evaluated, bid um, validities to be extended were required. We're looking at no construction activity, only essential emergency works during uh, initial lockdown, active projects to be extended, and then plan critical maintenance also severely, excuse me, affected. Move on to the next one. So readiness to resume at a high level. Um, yeah. So we would, as indicated by the minister, uh, seek to resume on alert level three. Uh, ours is, you know, difficult uh, situation also given, you know, what has been a, or what is a porous network and also the issue around crowd control, which becomes a challenge. But nonetheless, uh, we need we will be taking the necessary precautions to limit community transmission and outbreaks and this through screening and testing at stations and collaborations with the Department of Health who we've met with and have discussions, we've had discussions on how we'll uh, work with them. Crowd management, as I've indicated, and social distancing to be practiced with clear commuter use uh, protocols that relates to wearing of masks, no eating and drinking on, on trains. In regards to our metro trains, easily on a coach, yeah, you do find at least two to 200, 200 to 250 uh, commuters, you know, um, crammed in there, which is, you know, undesirable. So with our assumption of service would need, I mean, that percentage would be dropped uh, substantially, but we need to ensure that we've got the necessary measures to control, you know, access. Sanitation booths uh, in the process of being sourced uh, for super core and core stations um, targeted, as well as large depots and offices that will then handle the mass numbers. We're doing deep cleaning and disinfecting and this is happening in the depots as well as the stations. Um, train disinfection has also commenced and all trains in use will be disinfected after every trip. <clears throat> so this happens uh, every time the trains would turn around, after, you know, there's about a 30 minute period and there they would need to be disinfected. Uh, and that's the plan that we have. Continuous announcements and communication of hygiene measures, that is washing of hands, wearing of masks and social distancing. And then also just ensuring that to simulate, uh, to ensure that the teams are familiar with the handling of crowds at the stations and on board the trains before the assumption dates. So we didn't, uh, we did a, not so much a small simulation, but we were uh, on the line between Pinasport and, and, and Pretoria Station over the weekend to look to, to assess the state of readiness. We have uh, established some concerns <coughs> on those. 
Then currently, the weekly inspections are undertaken on the trains where we monitor any theft and vandalism activity at the depots. We also uh, start up the train sets now and again to, to ensure that they are still, you know, um, worthy, um, rail-worthy, that is. Maintenance schedule uh, developed, uh, you know, for the resumption of services. So as soon as that date approaches, then we up our maintenance, you know, uh, activity. We've had challenges also with regards to the maintenance, given that some of the suppliers had also shut down. Uh, but we're hoping that during, you know, closer to the time, we'll then be able to get the program going. Venture on the last issue uh, of this presentation, that being of the capital program, just want to state that uh, here over the last couple of years, PRASA has not been able to deliver its own capital program for a variety of reasons. This has had a detrimental impact on our operations as well as the industry that services the, the organization. And this results, uh, Chair and members, in a lose-lose situation for, between for us as well as the, 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 the service uh, providers. We've been working, therefore, to package and repackage these projects were required in order for us to release these tenders to go to market. And this will serve, you know, a number of important objectives. One, it would improve our process operations, which have been duly impacted. It would stimulate the industry. A lot of the industries that work with us are specialized. And in the absence of you know, uh, work and activity at Prasa, it is a detrimental impact on, on them, their operations, and it's, 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 it's not good. So we'd like to ensure that we stimulate that industry and hopefully get those industries and, and service providers back in, 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 in action. And then also contribute to an ailing economy, which as we know, would have been ailing prior to the advent of COVID, but it, it would for us uh, be a welcome contribution. So we're of the opinion that this effort will act as a counter-cyclical move to the economic downturn. Uh, we therefore urge industry players, Chair, that they ready themselves as PRASA rolls out its infrastructure program over the next few months. So that's why we pick talking about it and unveiling it. Uh, and some of the key projects that are in question, just to give a sense with regards to this capital program related to depot modernization, uh, with, that includes a number of issues, technical machinery, uh, synchronized lifting checks and yard signaling, then there's also depot fencing, which includes installation of fencing and CCTV cameras, as, as well as the rolling stock depots. General overhaul, which is a big program, I indicated that had been delayed. Uh, these, you know, our train sets or coaches uh, are normally due for an overhaul every nine years or so, or after nine years. We've missed a cycle or so, and this has an impact on the train sets that we have available, you know, for service. So major maintenance interventions on Metro as well as social mail, that's one of the um, key programs uh, that we are seeking to, to roll out. And then rolling stock components, procurement of components for rolling maintenance, including wheels and rotating machines. I did mention that earlier that is the, we were looking at going out there in June, also important. And then signaling, chain members, installation of new signaling uh, systems. Some of the signaling has been done, but there's still quite a lot more to be done. Uh, to ensure that our entire network, you know, is uh, automated. Currently, there are areas and that have manual authorization, which creates problems. And then uh, Mabopane, uh, as well as the central line, the recovering of train services, I spoke to that. Uh, overhead traction equipment, refurbishment. Um, there's a lot of our uh, theft and vandalism is targeted at, at our OHTE, primarily due to the copper uh, cables. Uh, and that's what the criminals target. So 
there's a refurbishment of this is, is, is underway, but we're also looking, the team, the engineering team has been looking at ways of finding, you know, uh, substitute materials and that work is on the go and we will soon, you know, um, you know, have proposals in that regard. Payway rehabilitation, that speaks to the procurement of rails and on-track machines, big, uh, relatively uh, also important programs and big programs that will be outlaying. Uh, and then um, lastly, chair, issues around the security program, um, deployment of security technology that relates to, um, you know, uh, CCTVs, security armored vehicles, drones, you know, to augment, you know, our static uh, security. And then the corridor walling, ensuring that we erect walls in between stations. You know, as I indicated earlier during this presentation that our network is porous, um, and porous as it is, it therefore, you know, uh, you know, renders us vulnerable. But also, we lose a lot of uh, fair revenue through, you know, those that don't access the station, you know, and the platform through the station. So these walls become important for securing, you know, that network as well as our revenue. So, and then lastly, chair, this is just to say that we're looking at the program that's um, minimum seven billion rand, slightly delayed, but that's what you know, PRASA needs to inject in, into the economy so as to boost the local economy, reduce the rate of unemployment, unemployment rather. And also, as I indicated, then I would like to emphasize the revitalization of these um, rail-rated industries, you know, that, you know, we through um, not utilizing our procurement muscle adequately, you know, have dealt a blow to them, which is, um, you know, uh, not, not, not good. Uh, and then provide sustainability to an alien construction industry as well. Um, with you know with the kind of projects that we should be uh, implementing this this should have made a difference and it should make a difference now that we are focusing on this i think chair that um, uh, deals with the update that we needed to provide and i'll thank you <clears throat> um that was quite in detail um um uh, mr Mbondo, administrator and the minister I deliberately allowed you to finish the presentation. You have actually taken um, one hour, 30 minutes. Um, and members should not uh, ask themselves any question. That's how we do in this committee when we welcome somebody new, make them feel at home. We want to understand what they are all about and where they are going. Thank you very much. Uh, you will be short, I'm sure, when when it comes to your responses to the questions that we are going to ask, uh, because we are left with about uh, one and a half hour, and we are still going to get questions. Um, thank you very much once more. Uh, is the minister still there? Honorable Minister? I am here. I am here. Yes. Yeah, I want to give members an opportunity to ask questions. Do you have any anything before I do that? No, I appreciate that, Chair. I'm okay. Happy. Yeah, Thank you thanks. very much. Okay, members. Here's the presentation from the department, detailed as, as it is. Can I now give you an opportunity? Remember, you are not representing 
you'll ask questions um, to this presentation, clarification, and so forth and so on. Let me see who wants to participate. Um, I'm, I'm still old, kind of. Uh, so I must try and write these names so that somebody does not rob me in this business. Okay, who's the other hand? Lisa Manu. Um, uh, Honorable Manu, the other hand? Ndando Noluchungu. The other hand? Uh, the fighter is here, Honorable Member Shabangu. Mapeno. Honorable McDonald. Honorable McDonald. Honorable Mike. is number three. Oh, okay, you've noted me. Thank you, Chair. Who's that? Hello. Hello, Honorable Stole. Oh, Honorable Stole. Honorable Ramadwa. Honorable Ramadwa. Okay. How we done? Thank you very much. Um, okay, let's start. Honorable Hansinger, the floor is open. Chairperson, Honorable May as well. Oh, Honorable May. Thank yes, thank you. Thank you, Yanabalaste. Honorable Hansinger. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, and I want to acknowledge the presence of uh, the Honourable Minister and Deputy Minister. Um, and also, uh, good day again, um, Mr. Pondu. Um, thank you for um, the rather comprehensive uh, presentation and explanation. Now, uh, Mr. Pondu, you were appointed in December, and we were quite anxious to engage with you, however, I'm glad that we do it at this stage uh, so that we at least have, you know, some progress and development which one can put on the table and therefore, you know, have a look at um, controversially, I must add, uh, being appointed. Um, hence the court cases and so forth. And I would make a remark about that with questions um, later on. Now, I've been exposed to numerous turnaround plans and APPs and strategic plans for the past six years. So, yes, indeed, as you mentioned as well, we should be increasing passenger numbers, but we are not. We should be increasing revenue. It should be but we are not, and we should be developing economic growth, and we are also not. Um, we should be addressing the declining transport asset system, but we are not. Um, we should, in an overarching fashion, um, re-establish uh, consumer and customer confidence, and we are also not. 
Um, what we are doing is that we have a lot of people in offices and nobody in our technical workshops. Um, we've got a lot of unprotected assets and we have a lot of passengers that don't feel protected. Um, and it's been said that we have no regard for passengers and no regard for the budget. So, Minister, it, it's been quite a harsh decision and a controversial one, as I said, to appoint an administrator because normally appointing an administrator would relate to circumstances of um, personal insolvency and of bankruptcy. Um, so in appointing the administrator, it's, it's a, it was a harsh one, um, which has also been challenged in court. I don't know what happened after the 21st of April. I know that the case was postponed till then. Um, but just looking at what we have been exposed to here, um, this has been the eighth turnaround strategic plan that I've seen. And this has been the first plan that I've seen till now with a relevant framework. It's been the first plan with um, measurable content and with time frames, and it's also been the first plan of everything that I've seen with a meaningful expression of the real operational needs. Um, it is a proper plan with proper governance structure um, and proper intent to establish systems that would convert into implementable content. Um, so, Mr. Pondu, after eight years and listening to you for nearly two year, uh, two hours, um, you definitely have my attention. Um, and you've lifted my spirit as someone who really has a big heart for rail. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the implementation of the plan and I will really focus on how this would unfold in the next six months, which would probably be the last um, of your initial appointment of um, the 12-month period. Um, I would want to propose that you also seriously consider using the rail um, reserve um, for a dedicated bus service because service interruption we will always have. But to me, the rail corridor has been a hugely under, um, undervalued asset within the option of continu continuing a service in a section of interrupted um, um, uh, circumstances. Um, I also have a particular question around um, the 12 suspensions that you briefly mentioned, but also in light of some unfinished business related to the Tuli Madonzela report, which was called derailed. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of questions around that, around, around Bergsman's appointment of that, of, but what we really need to see, especially to, to reestablish confidence, not just of passengers and, and of, of, um, uh, 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 people as, but we need to have a re-established confidence in the management of PRASA and therefore uh, addressing everything that was mentioned within that derailed report. I'm surprised about the repurposing of um, auto packs 
since um, we've had presentations around the financial viability thereof, and um, it's good to see how you've repurposed and integrated that, but I would really like to know your opinion about the long-term viability of a bus service given um, the whole infrastructure, what we have. Um, so thank you, Chair, and um, uh, good luck, um, Mr. Pondu, with um, the rest of your assignment, and Ms. Dimbalula. I withdraw my criticism around the appointment of Mr. Mpondu. He seems to have done a great job, at least in establishing this framework. And I've got, uh, he's um, certainly triggered a lot of attention from my side then uh, towards implementing this plan. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Thank you, Honorable Member. Let's, let's get to Honorable Member Lisa Mangi. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Thank you, uh, Minister, Deputy Minister, uh, colleagues, and uh, Mr. Mbondo. I've also battled to accept the word administrator, but for purposes of today, I will call you administrator. Minister, I think uh, the last uh, comments of uh, Honorable Honsinger uh, resonate uh, with me. I've never doubted the, the decision, but I think we had raised the usage of language and everything. But be it as it may, it's always encouraging when we see the results. Uh, I think we are... I, I, I agree that this is very, very impressive. We have to commend you for the bold decision you took. Uh, albeit, my colleague says controversial. I'm not endorsing controversial, but the decision. Uh, also, commend you, Minister, for the bold decision to fire the board. I, I like the word you used when you started. You fired the board. We really were not sure as a committee what that board was still there, but we commend you for that. And um, at least, despite the court cases, we are wishing for the best result for the people of, of South Africa. So thank you very much, Minister. We commend you and um, stay focused and let's push this to the end. Uh, Mr. Administrator, a couple of things for me. One, on your presentation of indicators on procurement, you set yourself a target of 9% for black-owned companies spend and 6% for black women-owned spend. I think that is a very low. Maybe you can explain the rationale behind that, but I think those targets are very, very low. Uh, given the past and given the challenges we will face after COVID, where we must be very deliberate. Secondly, I am very, very much interested in knowing, because before your arrival, underlined before your arrival, we were told that uh, there was no capacity within PRASA and therefore DBSA was appointed or was being appointed to roll out infrastructure program. If you could give us an upgrade or rather update 
as to when, uh, if that happened, or what the situation is. Minister, we also commend your announcement that you are going steam ahead with the advertisement of appointment of a new board. That is commendable. And I think through the chair, we will be able to express our 110% for that action that you are doing. And we stand available to support you in any way possible that we, we can. I also welcome the whole issue of the divisions that you are creating, as Honorable Honsinger said, of uh, Autopex and others. I think it's a good uh, direction that you, you are taking in that direction. We also would like an indication, Administrator, as to when you are estimating. I'm sure nobody is sure as to when you might be revising your plans and your budgets, given the COVID epidemic, and uh, when you come back, the losses that you have projected, so that we are ready as a portfolio committee to, to look at that going forward. Last but not least, Chairperson, I see that Honorable Mayor has got a red background. I don't know if there is anything to be read on that one. Thank you very much, Chair. Let's get the official rate in this house. Honorable um, Notungu. Honorable Nolichungu, are you there? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear the okay. official rate. Okay, thank you, Chair. Uh, greetings to the Minister, the Deputy Minister, Mr. Mbondo, and my colleagues. Uh, let me first thank Mr. Mbondo for such a comprehensive uh, presentation uh, and also commend you for such uh, extensive work that has been done within a short space of time. Um, but it would have been, you know, uh, good to see a detailed uh, budget all together in one place instead of it being scattered all over. Uh, for instance, obviously, you'll be using consultants. We would like to know for each and every line item how much you'll be budgeting for, for those items. Uh, and also, I would recommend that we have regular updates and not wait up until the end of your term before we can see the results. You know, your presentations are normally very good, especially yours. It's, I must say, it's, very, it's outstanding. Uh, your turnaround strategy, very uh, precise, but the test will be on the implementation. Uh, all I want to say to you, thank you very much and good luck. <clears throat> thank you very much, Honorable Nolichungu. Uh, good luck, Mr. Mpondo. Let's get the next speaker, Honorable Makosini Shabangu. Thank you, Chair. Let me also take this opportunity 
say the presentation was well. Thank you. Okay. Let me also take this opportunity to say thank you, Minister, and the Deputy Minister for availing yourself. In English, it is said that uh, straight talk doesn't break any friendship. Therefore, I would like to know as to whether Mr. Mpondo is not a member of the August organization. If yes, are we not shooting ourselves on the foot again by appointing someone who is associated with family, with the family that, that is enriching itself with the money meant to help the poor of the poorest minister. Two, you have alluded to the fact that the generation of income is the second key mandate of PRASA. How are you going to do this? Are there plans in place? If yes, I would like you to add outline them and send them to members of this portfolio within a short space of time so that we can peruse them. Three, methodology that is going to be adopted to stop touching of trains, especially in Cape Town and Houting. Do we have them in place? because this is retarding the progress of PRASA all over South Africa. Number four is with uh, job creation, especially internships. Are you going to extend your hand to the rural areas where the poor of the poorest are based in former apartheid homelands? And also look at the percentage of uh, disabilities hired by your PRASA. Then uh, the last question would be uh, with regard to irregular expenditure. Are you intending to adopt a policy of non-compliance? If you don't comply, you are automatically out. Or are you going to be lenient with the Lord transgressors and say people are not guilty until proven guilty? <clears throat> thank you very much, Chair Pesci. Uh, thank you, thank you, Honorable Makosini. Uh, no, I'm talking about and thank you so much um, for the opportunity and also thank uh, the presentation. And I think at the, at the time that we had left Parliament, I think we were yet to have an interaction with um, what Mr. Mango terms as a, uh, an administrator unwilling. But nonetheless, um, if you look at slide number 16, of the presentation. My only concern is with that to the operational expenditure. Obviously, we do have term uh, uh, 
exercise a broken business when you were appointed as a <laughs> sorry, sorry, Honorable Mapena, sorry. Eh, Honorable, <clears throat> Honorable Makoseni, can you mute the microphone? Thank you very much. Uh, you can proceed, sir. No, thank you so much, Chair, and thank you to Mr. Makosin for muting as well. Um, I think if you look at slide uh, 16, um, as I was still saying, that you've correctly characterized the business model of, of Prasa, like in its current form, um, as a broken business. Uh, but that doesn't also take away... Concerns. Obviously, we are targeted into the fiscal. For instance, in the next three financial years, uh, the medium-term targets, um, your operating expenditure keeps on increasing. Um, for instance, from 2020 to 2021, it increases by sharp 30%. Um, uh, sorry, by sharp 22.5%. Whereas your revenue is not necessarily um, um, increasing. Um, by 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 as much because you're only getting a revenue increase of about 30 percent. But then if you move on to the other financial year, the second one, um, 2022 and also 2023, it's also almost a similar trend going forward. Um, look, we we welcome the plans that you've announced and what you're putting in place. But perhaps maybe if you can also note that as as one of the challenges, because I think we 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 were hoping, in terms of the service recovery, um, that eventually we will get to a situation where your operational expenditure um, is actually less than um, the the revenue that you are getting. So your revenue should be more than your operational expenditures. Um, and then, chair, also if you look at <coughs> if you look at again at slide number thirty. Um, of the presentation, um, one of the things that, that is noted there is that at Praza currently, correctly, there are no proper record keeping. Uh, in some instances, there are no records at all. Um, and I think this correctly defines autopics in 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 a nutshell and in an a, like in an extent because. Um, we had situations where at Autopex there was actually no record keeping, even for sales and for anything else um, which was there. But also, I would also like to join my colleagues as well to welcome um, in terms of the of the exco structure which you've uh, put in place, um, um, which is there, and 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 hopefully that they will assist um, in actually ensuring that um, we. We get the business um, into 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 good care, but also if you look at also looking, I'm looking at slide number 34 as well. Um, I'm glad that you are actually full steam ahead with ensuring that you get um, to appoint um, executives, um, senior management. For instance, you are saying that uh, Prasa Rail CEO, Prasa Tech CEO. Autopex CEO, I think that would go a long way in stabilizing the business because 
in in doing so, it also allows you an opportunity to also stabilize the business from the top and also allows you to actually implement what you are trying to implement as well at um, at price. I think my last two points, Chair, uh, not to be too long. Um, the, the If you look at um, slide, slide 46, um, it is a bit concerning that obviously, look, I'm glad that um, there are some investigations which are being done um, by law enforcement agencies. But then when you get to point where you are getting uh, there are about 58 cases which are, are there at CCMA for various reasons. And also some of them are at um, the Labour Court and all of those things. But I think what, what would also help and assist the situation would be if those cases could be wrapped up as, as, as far as possible. Obviously, that is not in the control of, uh, of PRASA, but also in the control of CCMA and also the Labour Court. But hopefully, uh, there could be more people that can be identified and more people that can actually be also be prosecuted as far as that is concerned. Um, my second last point, Chair, slide number 48, the supply chain management policy, the one that um, you are saying now, uh, Mr. Administrator, that you are putting in place and that there was none, and therefore you are making inroads in ensuring that you are getting a new one. Now, what I would ask is, uh, uh, no, this is talking about the automated um, fair collection as far as that is concerned. So what I would also <clears throat> ask, um, just to tie it in with the SEM policy, if you can give us sight of the new supply chain management policy, but also looking at slide 48, the automated fair collection uh, system that you that you spoken about. And I heard in your presentation you said that you want to benchmark with with how train, and you've also correctly said that what you want to do is to ensure that um, you benchmark with them and also that you build walls so that people cannot access the platform. Um, uh, um, from um, undesignated areas, or they can access the platform illegally. Uh, but also, just to say that if we can, if we can get sight um, of the police. And just lastly, I see on the vetting process as well. If you move on slide 52, that you are vetting um, um, a few uh, people at 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 Prasa in terms of senior management. Does this does this include also a qualifications audit? Because the last time. We had a question session in Parliament in the National Assembly. It emerged that about 39% of, of of managers and senior management at, at press had no qualifications whatsoever. And we advised by the minister that actually that process had not yet concluded doing skills audit um, at, 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 at press. So this ties in with the vetting process that is there. Does the vetting process also include a comprehensive skills audit? And also in the skills audit, how far should represent for people that are not qualified to actually do the work? What is your plan around that? Are you looking at uh, perhaps maybe laying them off, or are you looking at maybe upskilling them, or if you if they still if they can still be accommodated um, within um, within the business? Chair, last 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 point, slide 63. Um, <clears throat> I see here in terms of your preparedness. Um, um, for the train operations, which will commence under um, alert uh, level three. Um, I'm glad that you're saying that you are going to be doing simulations. 
um, to ensure that your teams are, are up to speed and that they can be in a position to handle uh, more crowds um, at, your, at, your, at your stations. But given the fact that in terms of rail in South Africa, generally, it's an overcrowded space, um, how will we achieve social distancing in that sense? Because you get people who can access the platform from uh, various entry points, which are not uh, legal entry points. Um, how will we ensure that um, we have the correct capacity um, within our coaches? And also, how will we ensure that in terms of sanitation booths and 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 and, and all of those things that people um, properly disinfected before accessing the um, our rail network because I see here that we are also in the process of of procuring um, sanitation booths and all of that and how far is that process have you finished and which stations are going to be uh, be piloted in terms of those um, sanitation booths and all of those and also um, the simulations which stations are going to be uh, be used as a test ground for instance if you're going to be running simulations um, which stations are going to be uh, prioritized in terms of um, getting that? Um, Chair, uh, I don't want to abuse the the, uh, uh, the opportunity that you've given me, but thank you so much. As long as I'm showing you, I think Honorable McDonald. Thank you, Chair. Um, let me also join uh, the chorus. Uh, to thank um, the Minister and the Deputy Minister for their attendance and their inputs, as well as uh, Mr. Mpondu, uh, the Administrator of Praza, for his um, efforts to stabilise the ship. I, I do have a couple of questions. Um, under Praza's vision, that they say that they provide safe and reliable, affordable commuter rail, long-haul passenger rail and uh, bus services, in 2008, the uh, browser uh, did uh, 3.8 million passengers on the um, mainline passenger services. In, over the years, it's declined now to a rough estimate of about 370,000 passengers. Um, one of the reasons browser has gotten uh, is battling is that there's no income. And one of the reasons it doesn't have income is because it doesn't have trains, because the trains have reduced from 6,750 trains per year to 1,800 trains per year. So if you reduce your trains, you're going to reduce your income. So the administrator or the must please give me some indication on how they're going to stabilize the, the mainline passenger services. Um, then um, on the security companies that were... Uh, uh, services were terminated. A lot of these security companies companies have still not received their outstanding payments since they uh, since since they uh, since they've been uh, suspended and a lot of people work for these security companies so that a lot of people have not received remuneration because of of, of the non-payment of these security companies if we can get some more information on that then on um, on this uh, slide 54 that the central lines and uh, is going to be um, uh, serviced by buses in the interim, um, and I can see that uh, that they plan to use some of um, Autopax's buses. But I, on both on both on the, the explanation is on on both those uh, rail lines, they're going to use 80 buses each, which is 160 buses. But currently, 
um, Autofax only has 130 buses. Um, the addition, are, are these going to be new additional buses? Are these buses then going to be retained for future, for uh, to to uh, to assist Port Autofax in, in in getting the services back online? Then um, there's a lot of talk about retrenchments. Um, under the priority one for Praza is job creation, but in the media there's a, a, a there's talk of 1,700 retrenchments, and we are experiencing an extremely difficult period in our country at the moment of poverty and and um, joblessness. There must be a way that we can find that um, we can keep these jobs because the 1,700 jobs is, is is some and, and then further on it says they're going to create another jobs in, in uh, shorter term jobs or contract jobs. Can these people not rather be absorbed into that? Then um, uh, on the RSR's findings on the safety uh, last year, um, can the administrator please give us um, feedback on um, how far is the is the, is the compliance to the to the safety issues that were raised and the safety issues regarding the the, the used brake pads. Some trains that didn't have brake pads that were used uh, carrying passengers and uh, how how are they going how is how is he going to alleviate that? Then I see that the they've sent out the tender specifications for SAP modules for um, uh, for some uh, ERP. Uh, can uh, the administrator please uh, inform me what is our cost to SAP per year from Praza? And um, um, is it not better that we develop our own software that's our own, that we not rent from some European company and paying them millions a year? Let's rather in-house develop. Uh, let me just wrap up here, Chair. Um, in your in your explanation for losses of COVID, there's uh, in 199 million rand. There's 86 million for rentals. I'm sure that the rental is not a complete loss. I mean, when somebody is renting from you during this COVID, doesn't mean he's not going to pay you. It just means you're going to extend a payment plan to him and in, in so that or him or her or that company so that they can eventually catch up in the rentals. Uh, I mean, we can't be of such. Uh, nature that we just give people rental for nothing. And then also I want to join the chorus in uh, where, where the spending is only 9% to black-owned companies and 6% to black-owned uh, uh, women companies. I mean, that's way too low in a 7 billion rand expenditure per year. And then in the, in the main line in the Western Cape, uh, there must be a way that we can put pressure on the Western Cape government to give land to these people that are living in our servitudes and and encroaching on the land on on the on on the rail lines so, because that's a problem. It's a land issue. So can we not please uh, have somebody discuss this with the Western Cape government so that these people can be moved as a matter of urgency? Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Thank you, Honourable Donalds. Mondise. Baba Honorable Stolle. Thank you very much. Um, I want to thank the Minister, the Deputy Minister, and Mr. Mbondo for, 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 for the details, uh, information that they gave it to us. 
But my question, Chair, is the first one is on page 70, where they are talking about the, the program of the youth. I'm trying to check. They are talking about increased youth employment. I'm trying to check, do they have any problem of, of the development of the youth? And the other one, what I want to find out, what about women and the disabled people? Because there is nothing that has been said about that on, on your report. And the other one, Chairperson, is that one of the, from the department. It seems that the, the, the administrator of, of PLASA have motivated for funding for internal plaza security personnel, which was sent to the department. But until now, according to the report, there's, not, there's nothing that has been uh, coming out from the department. Only they, they shows that there's some, some lack of, of communication. What I want to find out, what, what caused that delay? And the, the other person is, I'm worried about the liquor expenditure because it shows that it remain high in the plaza. But if they can give us some details, information, and mechanism, how are they going to deal with it? Because it shows that there's a lot of repeating findings, keep increasing and, and not even addressed by, 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 by the entity. And Chairperson, the issues of spending equipment, do they have enough? For 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 the, for, for the employers of of of, of plaza, and the, the issue of sanitization of of plaza equipment and and, 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 and the station today started or did they have any any of it? Another chairperson, what I want to get out: how many security have been trained as a marshal from from the plaza because. They are supposed to start to train the, 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 the marshals now. And the issue of laying of staff. Did Plata check their employees who have the chronic illness? And how many if they do have? If they don't have, why? If they don't have, it would be appreciated. And the last one, Chairperson, is that one of the Auditor General. The old general has been always showing that the plaza is not doing well. They get disclaimer for, for, for some times now. I am trying to check, do they have the system now to deal with it? Because their report shows that from 2021, 2022, upwards, they are going to have unqualified report. What system do they have now? Which the other official have free. And the last one, Chairperson, is the is the, the consequences of those officials who were involved in that uh, corruption in the plaza. How, how are they going to deal with it if those who are in, in, in who are supposed to go to court, and how many has been released from those who are going to court? Thank you very much, Chairperson. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Honorable Stolle, Honorable Ramadwa. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Allow me to greet the Minister, the Deputy Minister, Administrator, and the team. I would also like to join my colleagues 
who are appreciating the presentation by the administrator. Chairperson, I noticed that uh, the administrator and the team were able to identify challenges and they tried to address issues that were uh, raised by the AG. And they make sure that they establish program of action. Chairperson, what is left now is that they must implement what they have uh, presented today. And we are wishing them all the best. Chairperson, mine is just a question on the issue that was presented by the administrator. He indicated that um, there will be a rollout of passenger service charter. I just want to check with him, is it written in all 12 official languages? That is my submission, Chairperson. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Honorable Ramadan. That was no the half barley Thank you, Chairperson. I've got a power problem, but I think I'll make it. One of the reasons for the decreasing of passengers, especially rail, is the safety factor. Without numbers, Praza can't make a profit. We have lost millions and millions of rent over the past few years as a result of vandalism of trains and infrastructure. But Praza is still contracting security firms. They haven't got the authority like the police force. They started training college for railway policemen. It is not only job creation, but more effective than security firms. We say the SAPS is being engaged to strengthen security interventions at Praza. But I've spoken to senior police officers, and they say they are so understaffed and they can't fulfill that duty. I think we must give the railway police a chance. Honestly, you can't compare a policeman with a security guard. Chairperson to Mr. Bapondu, I hope everything will go well with you, and I trust the minister and Mr. Bapondu. Let's fix Prasa. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, uh, Honorable May. Well, before I hand it back to Minister, let me just make some few inputs. I think um, it's now um, exactly a year that we have been uh, um, elected to be uh, members of parliament and as a result members of this august committee minister we have said to you we are going to support you and i'm sure um, our meetings with you best testimony that we continue to support the endeavors that you take and we want to say to you, you are setting a very good example 
of ministers who take portfolio committees very seriously. I think we should commend that. Um, as a fact, you know, uh, the portfolio committee was divided in terms of the appointment of uh, Mr. Mpondo, but finally we said no. Let him come and present himself. Let's see him. Let's also see what he can do uh, for the department and uh, this entity called PRASA. I want to commend you, uh, Mr. Mpondo, for the work we have already done, setting up structures to be able to work. I think that is well commended. I also want to commend you that uh, you have consolidated uh, the subsidiaries so that make, uh, thereby making uh, accounting very easy and streamlining it. I think it's a brilliant approach. But um, as I was listening to you, I would have wanted to understand how far you have gone in terms of the work that was already there in terms of dealing with these um, challenges like uh, Versman's appoint, appointment and it working there illegally in the department. How far have you dealt with that matter? Um, in your presentation, you seem to be mention, mentioning a lot of secondment acting to the department. Uh, when do you envisage to have a full a fully fledged team that is working on permanent basis. The issue of um, the people who are suspended. Is it possible for you to give us a breakdown of these people? How many women, men, Africans, whites, and how, how far is the process? Um, as much as you have uh, uh, reported that some other cases are with uh, different government um, entities of which we, we accept, but it is still the responsibility of the department to see to it that the, the minimal resources that we have are used optimally. Those people who are suspended, are they not still getting salary? Because if they are still salaried and we have other people doing their, their work, it means uh, we, it's a fruitless expenditure, to, to put it in short. Can you also look at that issue and deal with it? I think the issue I, I just want to emphasize, uh, um, lastly, is the issue of you presenting to this committee that your aim as an administrator and the aim of the minister is to just get to 9% of PEE. To me, that is not transformation. In fact, we are going to raise this matter even if you at, at least at 20%. Now, if you say your aim is to at least achieve 9%, I think 
with all the humility uh, that must be looked at uh, differently and be beefed up because that is not acceptable to this committee. Uh, the pace of transformation in this department, taking into consideration that the people who are suffering kindly in terms of uh, contracts, those who have been appointed by Prasa, are major- in, in a majority of blacks. So I would, I would really want uh, to request the minister and yourself to go and relook into that issue. Otherwise, good luck with your work. One member has said, we, we hear you presenting properly as a professional and we, we are supportive, we're confident that this is the right person, but we want now to see action of what you have said to us. We are behind you. Let the work begin. Minister, back to you and your team to give us a response. Uh, so that we can bring this meeting into its logical conclusion. We know okay. we are not going to respond to everything. Others, you will take them with you as you go, be able to beef up your presentation. Over to you, Minister. No, thank you, Chair. I will ask the uh, Administrator Mpondo to respond, and then uh, I'll speak very briefly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. And thank you, members, for, for, for all the questions. I think to take guidance from, from you, Chair, you've indicated that um, I'll, I'll respond to some of the key areas, and then um, I think some will, will, will take back, you know, as we continuously, um, you know, relook at our plan. Uh, so, you know, I'll accept some of the comments, you know, from um, Honourable Member um, Chris Hansinger, uh, issue around uh, the use of uh, rail reserves, you know, for dedicated bus service. We, we've looked at that. Um, we, we've looked at it particularly in the context of, um, which might uh, be long, uh, medium to long term, though. Uh, we've looked at it also in the, in the context of um, you know, branch lines um, that that are there, that where you find that, um, you know, your rail track has been uplifted. Uh, and we're looking at it in the context of looking at uh, extending artifacts in the medium to long term, you know, to service uh, the rural areas and bring them into the mainstream. Um, so it, it is it is an issue that we are considering. And also, um, you know, the urban area is a bit difficult. Uh, the rail reserves are a bit constrained. Um, even the service that we're looking at um, from the, the recovery of the lines in the central line and, and Mopupan, that road-based service would be on the actual uh, you know, road network. So, so, but but it is it is it, it's it's an innovative idea that um, you know we've looked at the suspensions that we speak about, and it touches on some of the other questions. Uh, I think you know for for us particularly where you know, there are charges implemented and also where, um, you know, staff members would be seen, or at least there's a possibility that they would interfere with critical investigations. 
uh, you there you we've got to take a decision around that because it does hamper you know investigations but these some a lot of them have been around for a while what we are doing is to roll those out uh, in terms of ensuring that the consequences are admitted so charges are drafted and in the case of you know the employees that we mentioned that have been suspended um, you know charges were drafted together uh, with the uh, uh-huh. you know SIU and those are now awaiting disciplinary and those have been delayed just you know by by covid but otherwise you know we've drafted charges and are ready to take them through the disciplinary and as i indicated whether issues of potential uh, corruption uh, those would be forwarded to the npa but we're also looking at um, recovery you know of potential recovery of the monies uh, through you know the you know the 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 court that has been established uh, by the sau the tribunal rather uh, so we're looking at that option as well together with the with the sau um so uh, repurposing of uh, autopex you mentioned around its long term viability um number of options i think that the interaction between uh, rail and and the bus is key in terms of that uh, program that we're putting in place and over the long term we also want to see um, you know what i mentioned earlier around the possibility of looking at how you know uh, some of the you know uh, outlying areas rural areas could also be integrated but you know in the medium in the short term we need to turn it around and show that it's stable and then um, we can look at the other you know uh, issues um, that that can make it sustainable um honorable uh, lisa manu the targets look i think yeah the target issue is is, is we we take it uh, that would have been for us yeah, set as, as as the minimum but in terms of you know where we're looking at uh, we're saying smm so emes and qscs we're looking at 30 percent but again these are not uh, for us uh, we as i said we're looking at them as minimum targets and they also would be you know we'll be looking at them uh, per project because you know the requirements differ but the points are well taken you know ours is to ensure that you know we bring in uh, black companies into our uh, you know uh, fold uh, partic- particularly in particular women uh, owned companies and one of the areas that we were seeking to ensure that we really uh, make a big uh, dent on this is on the central line programs the uh, way we want to you know uh, roll out and ensure that we bring in you know smes black companies black women but i think the point is well taken we'll look at and and, and express you know our targets uh, even you know we don't have to wait for till the next meeting we will you know articulate them back uh, you know to the committee through the department the issue around uh, the dbsa um as far as i have been here uh, i think it was in it, it seems to for me at least to be an issue that was dealt with before i arrived uh, we do not have a the dbsa as a partner or appointed uh, within prasa the panels that we are setting up are to ensure that prasa tech is properly capacitated you know through service providers and contractors that will work with us um, and uh, so that's our approach in terms of ensuring that we roll out our our capital uh, program the the plans and the budget uh, when are we revising these um chair we've got i think it, it touches on a point that was raised also earlier around the expenditure you know that keeps rising we we've been working on this uh, over the past uh, few weeks i've had instructed our echo team and the technical advisors to look into it and um, currently we've got a 
budget deficit, you know, of about 3.9 you know, billion. Um, but given the capex that is in our bank account, we're looking at at least interest at the stage of about 1.1 that we'll receive for them. So it drops the the budget deficit to about 2.8. Now, the, the task that I'd given um, management, or sort of EXCO and the technical advisors that they've been working on and the committees over the past few weeks is to reduce that budget deficit. And we're going to be presenting this reduced budget um, to, to, to the DG in the next few days, Wednesday to be exact. And as of last week, the last time, you know, we had a special EXCO meeting to look at the budget uh, and revise it. Uh, that deficit had dropped from about 2.8 to about 900 million. So that's the work that is on the go. And by the time we discuss with the DG and, you know, take them through and hopefully and eventually Treasury, we want to be able to say, you know, this is what we've done, looking at our costs and, uh, you know, dealing with them decisively. And that, that work is on the go. And I think we will have some good outcomes there. Um, then Honorable Member Ndando Noluchungu, as we note that, um, you know, we talk about the detailed budget that we can um, present. And as I've indicated, we've revised it, we're relooking at it, and that will certainly be all too happy to to present in terms of also, you know, indicating where those, uh, but, you know, those cuts uh, in terms of unnecessary costs are that we can uh, demonstrate. And that speaks to the point as well in terms of ensuring that uh, we give regular updates. We, we're happy to do that um, as, as and when required. Um, Honorable Member Makosini uh, Shabangu, uh, some of the items I didn't quite get, maybe they're also not, uh, you know, directed at, at, at myself. Generating of uh, income, as I indicated, the issue, part of, a big part of the issue, of course, it's, you know, uh, an operation that is not uh, working well. You know, our tool of trade, our trains, and of course, our buses. So, you know, that income, you know, the income that, you know, we generate, uh, or at least the in process income is on four areas. It's, it's rail, rail fare revenue, bus fare revenue, and then rentals, you know, from our stations, and then the operating subsidy. So on the bus, sorry, rail fare revenue in particular, the fact that our network is porous and you're able to get fare evaders generates a leak in terms of uh, potential income. But also internally, I mean, the things that we were supposed to, we should have done uh, in terms of ensuring that our geo programs are in place, you know, we've got components to get our trains, you know, uh, back on track, as well as also ensuring that security is in place. We don't get vandalism. Our lines are always, you know, uh, in operation. Those issues all contribute towards, you know, reduction in income and, and of course, the service levels. So when we focus on service recovery, at least that focus, which is a very deliberate one, is to then ensure that we have all these plans in place to ensure that we generate revenue. So that we've got elements that speak to that. And again, I mean, I've just touched on the highlights here, and that that can also be presented um, around security, touching of trains. Some of these are quite uh, tricky, but uh, in the Western Cape, uh, we are working with the Western Cape uh, province as well as the city, we've had uh, a, a rail, you know, economic, uh, sorry, um, uh, enforcement unit that we've been, uh, we've partnered with them, but we're looking at reviving that and finding ways of ensuring that uh, it's more responsive, you know, to the issues. That then brings also our engagements with the SAPS, uh, and we, we are quite confident that with the discussions we're having with them, 
you know, looking at hotspot areas, trends, uh, we should be able to uh, to look at this. But a lot of it also is not just about, you know, petty crime, it's organized crime, which, you know, requires, you know, the assistance of, um, you know, crimes and, you know, units. But, you know, that's also in our security response and our security uh, strategy. Job creation, uh, yes, we would like to create jobs. We Our capital program is, is meant at doing that, but we have to be realistic in terms of the challenges that we faced with at the moment. Um, and we have to look at the organization uh, because ultimately our responsibility, yes, is to our employees, but also our responsibility is to ensure that the business itself is sustainable, you know, because it doesn't, it will not help us to run the business down where no one at the end of the day benefits. So we've got to balance, it's a, it's a delicate balancing act. Uh, looking at extending to rural areas, I just mentioned some long-term intervention that we could be looking at, but the reality is that uh, the majority of our operations are within, you know, the urban network, and that's where our focus is at. And with the programs that we look to implement on the impact side, there that we're looking at you know, potentially bringing in, you know, a into our terms, showing that. We have to look at specifically the issue around living with disabilities and ensuring that they also, uh, you know, fall out of our plans. And, and I, I take the point because it's a key issue in any case around us ensuring that we are able to provide universal access, you know, to, to our regular expenditure. Uh, I have indicated, you know, what the controls that, you know, I'm putting in place you know, a, there's a, you know, a team that is working to ensure that uh, all these matters dealt with. I mentioned uh, that we're looking at the root causes, you know, setting up this system. So that, that's in place. Um, when non-compliance is, 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 is picked up, uh, we'll, have to deal with it. we'll have to deal with it. Um, and it's part of our, you know, plan. Uh, there's a zero tolerance, uh, you know, against irregular expenditure. So what I would have been presenting there is a lot of what has happened in the past year, and uh, it's something that we would not, uh, uh, well, that is not uh, that we frown upon um, that, that process at this stage. Uh, Honourable um, Tokozisi Mapena, um, the number of issues that you've raised, and I suppose some, you know, uh, comments. I've dealt with the issue of expenditure increasing sharply and what we're doing about it. Um, you're sitting now from a 2.8 billion deficit. We're sitting at nine. Uh, we meet. We have an exco meeting tomorrow where I'll get the latest update from the colleagues, that which will then present to the DG of Transport and then uh, later to Treasury. In terms of us saying this is our response, in terms of the challenges, irrespective of COVID, it's something that we're going to do anyway. We had in our plans and we had been doing it. I must also indicate that, uh, Chair, one of the issues that uh, is key that speaks to this is that we've, we are developing, you know, a, a, an optimal funding model for PRASA that will then be able to tell us, and, and that's almost complete. I'd instructed the colleagues to start working on that from January already. What What is the optimal funding structure for PRASA? How much revenue should you be generating? You know, how much operating subsidy should we be able, you know, to get? So all that is being worked on, it's almost complete. And again, you know, there is, uh, I'm awaiting that. And that will assist in terms of, you know, creating, you know, clarity around what the funding needs of the organization uh, should be. Then, 
the record keeping, I think you make the point, it's, uh, it's, it, it is Autopex, I think, you know, manual system, manual scheduling, very problematic. Um, and it's, it's one of the things we're working, we're working on as part of the broader automation. Um, but of course, a lot of these things, you know, we need to make sure that we do them properly and they do require uh, funding. Um, cases at the CCMA, the labor court, yes, they're high. Uh, HCM in the team, within the team has been working on this. We've set a, a timeline to say no cases longer than 90 days, and they've been working on these to see, you know, how we can expedite them. Expedite them. But also, you know, where there could be instances of frivolous uh, cases where we know there is no, uh, you know, uh, opportunity or, you know, what the chances of our, of us uh, winning the case, um, those we're re-looking at, you know, because it will be a waste of, uh, you know, our resources. So work is going on on that, and I think it's one of the, the reports that we would provide to say these are the cases, um, you know, suspensions over a period of time, how quickly have they been dealt with. So there is a tracker, you know, that we've developed around that. Vetting and qualifications audit, uh, yes, it does deal with issues around uh, element of the, of the skills, but, you know, our HM is looking at qualification and skills audit as we speak, uh, and that process is being rolled out uh, internally, not only just because we can't wait for the vetting from the SSA. Um, where there's opportunities for upskilling, yes, but of course, if there are fraudulent declarations, uh, that's no question uh, in terms of how we need to deal with that. Um, the simulations that we'll be undertaking, um, yes, and how we'll achieve social distancing, you, you raise uh, relevant points because it all also has to do with the, the porous network. So part of the we have sent through a request, you know, uh, you know, to to the Department of Transport, which would go eventually to Treasury around assistance uh, for for budget for these for some of these issues that we don't have a budget for. And part of that relates to increased marshals and security, so that we can be able to at the end of the platforms, which is where you know most uh, of the evaders are able to access the you know the platform. We do have those manned. Uh, and there is a plan for that. It that just requires us to then have, you know, the resources to 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 implement it. The social distancing will then, you know, depend on the number that you know we will be uh, servicing or at least uh, carrying on our network. Uh, we're looking at, you know, about 30 or so percent uh, for now, 30 to 50 percent, and we will then see into, through the various markings what we can be able to to accommodate. Uh, not as not as being you know conveyor of this uh, virus. That what that's what we would like to to avoid. Uh, sanitation boats we've not as yet as I indicated it in the process, but it will be largely on the major uh, stations. Uh, some of the stations uh, would not be able to you know to to have these, uh, but the disinfectants, um, you know the, the the sanitation sprays and all those would be in place. You know as the commuters come through. So where we'd be piloting at this stage, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's early days, but we, as I indicated over the weekend, we're looking at, you know, Pinar Sport uh, to, to Pretoria Line. We've looked at that to see what, how possible it is. We went through a number of those stations uh, to assess. Our colleagues, I instructed colleagues in the Western Cape to do the same on the Southern Line, which they did as well as the Eastern Cape, uh, our PE and East London Line. So at this stage, we are, looking at those, it's a phased approach that we'll be looking at. So those are the corridors that we are uh, considering. 
of course, you know, we will be presenting, we will have a detailed presentation to the minister. We have a meeting on, on Wednesday where we'll present to him region by region, corridor by corridor, line by line on our state of readiness. And um, we will then take that from there. Um, Honorable uh, McDonald, Lawrence Edward McDonald, there are a number of issues again, but uh, I think I would have touched on some of them. Um, reduced number of trains, uh, that's largely due to, uh, I indicated that GO program that has been delayed, components that we've not been able to get uh, into our stores, so our stores not properly stocked. That's part of the plan that we're working on to ensure that uh, we, we get those um, stocked up. MLPS is, is, is a challenge, a lot, largely due to, 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 to the absence of reliable locals though, um, and it's an area that we need to look into. Uh, to ensure that uh, currently, we, I mean, we do have reliable locals. Currently, the ones that we have are leased, and they have not been reliable. Particularly, we experienced during the high peak period in December, where there were quite a number of breakdowns. So that's one of the areas. It's it's, it's it really boils down, you know, to that, and it's something that we are looking at. Um, security companies have not received payments. Yes, a lot of it's not only just the security companies. Um, we're sitting with liabilities. Uh, or creditors that uh, are almost, you know, close to to five billion, four point six, you know, at least by even by the time I, you know, I arrived, mm -hmm. and that is made up of largely manual transmit, uh, municipalities as well as, you know, um, just general creditors, including security companies. So that's setting those, uh, you know, out of that five or four point six billion, three billion, two point five to three billion, uh, you know, service providers within Prasa. So we've made a request uh, to convert. The capex that has not been uh, utilized you know to opex and that we've sent through uh, we're following up and uh, when hopefully when that um, is approved uh, upon us presenting a funded budget which is what we'll be discussing we can then deal with a lot of the creditors um, that that are in our in our box um the recovery of the lines whether we the additional buses that you mentioned that uh, autopex doesn't have we're looking at it as an opportunity um chair uh, to recapitalize Autopex uh, and retain, you know, those buses within the fleet to utilize them, you know, for the, you know, services that I outlined earlier. So that is is indeed, you know, the, the idea uh, where, you know, to the extent, you know, that that is possible. Around retrenchments and uh, issues of job creation, again, very sensitive issues. We, we've just, we, we had issued a request uh, to meet with organized labor, the representative formations within Prasa, being Untusatau and Nomsa, uh, indicating that we need to start having conversations, that there is a consideration around voluntary service uh, severance package, uh, packages, uh, particularly for the older employees and those that, uh, you know, might not be critical, you know, in critical areas. So that was a request to have initial discussions. When we met with Untusatau, we didn't present uh, any details as such, but to say this is a conversation we'd like to have, this is what we're thinking, we do have a challenge. The business is, is challenged. Let's look at this and let's have, we'll present our thinking. They can also present what they think. So it's initial engagements. Ideally, of course, we'd like to retain jobs as much as possible, but we're looking to create where, you know, into the market as indicated in the capital program, the jobs that, uh, you know, um, could come out of that. So it's, it's, I would call it work in progress, but uh, it's, a, it's a very sensitive area uh, for us and very tricky.
but we've got to take you know all interests that employ our employees as well as the sustainability you know of the business the rsr uh, direct directives i think one of them was that by end of our license would um, you know come to an end or to expire by end of jan we then submitted the required information uh, rsr considered and we did receive you know an extension for that so but there's still more work that needs to be done so we've complied thus far there is an extension then provided for us to further comply and i think um you know we, we're working on that even with issues around uh, mainline passenger services where our license you know was revoked that's now back because we also then uh, undertook remedial actions and submitted to the rsr and we're working quite well with with that uh, with the regulator um the issues around breakthroughs i think we had uh, responded to this i think this was a you know a, a question uh, as far as we didn't have you know issues where we were reusing old uh, break shoes um and you know as part of the components we work to restore you know our stores and it's it's part of that uh, issue of the components sub cost per year honorable member i wouldn't have those offend uh, whether we can develop our software those we can look at but we currently have a sub license and all we're doing is to activate the modules that are there and so it's not a new purchase for the software it is then for you know um, the skills that we need to assist us um i just want to move quickly chair um the issue of percentage you know to i think black owned companies have dealt with and black business owned have i've noted the point um the pressure to remove illegal set, i did indicate earlier in my presentation that the minister minister of transport mr balula has is been has been leading a process over the past uh, few weeks where Minister Delilo from Public Services is, 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 is involved, as well as um, uh, Western Cape Departments of Human Settlements, as well as Transport, as well as the City Department of Transport and Human Settlements, as well as the HTA now, Human Settlements Department at HTA are also involved. So there's a process that is being undertaken. Land is being identified. There are about 60 hectares of land required, um, you know, to relocate um, you know those 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 illegal settlers so they, they these work there's a task team that is working on on these jointly with all these and i think um that that process by the minister will yield uh, at least a plan and we will know you know what that uh, process you know, will as, as it unfolds we'll be able to also update um honorable sutole uh, program for youth development women development um as i indicated yes we can present the detail around this um but in terms of the programs that we have linked to the capital program in particular um we are looking at ensuring that we bring in youth women you know uh, black companies uh, owned companies at least uh, around that uh, request to the dot around the delays look i think given the covid I and mean, the pressures i would understand even with the national treasury because all agencies you know have been impacted on um, and so they have to consider all this so we understand that you know these issues are being handled uh, dot gives us regular updates so we 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 are aware of the of the delays but we're hoping that uh, we can find a breakthrough on some of the critical ones so that we can get you know a limited service at least going yeah, around this Scanning equipment, sanitizing equipment. Yes, you know we've got, we have managed to purchase those that we require, but of course we'll need more because we're planning, we're planning over a longer period, uh, up until the end of the financial year at least. 
but uh, we've managed to procure some sanitizers, PPEs, uh, and then and we'll ensure that the staff that are in the front line, you know, uh, you know, are covered. So the state of readiness for each of the corridors would be based on this, on, on ensuring that we've got the necessary equipment. Laying off staff, chronic illnesses, we do have a risk pool. HCM monitors this pool, um, and uh, that risk and labor pool is is, is uh, managed, um, you know, from an HCM point of view. Um, I think consequences we've dealt with in the AG findings. Chair, if I can move on uh, to Honorable Miriam uh, Ramadwa. Um, the rollout of the passenger charter. Yes, we, as I said, we've just, uh, we've completed that. Expo is approved. We are now converting that into, as you've indicated, to all the official languages. But, you know, the document that we have and the document that will then, you know, uh, go out to the committers, because for us, this is a contract, as indicated. That needs to to be in our languages and in a manner that is you know easily easy to comprehend. Uh, that process is on the go, and we should be finalizing it fairly fairly soon. Uh, the process of converting, you know, is currently taking place, and we're looking forward to this because it's a very important document for a rail uh, passenger operation. Yeah, as far as we're concerned. And then, uh, Chair Honourable, uh, uh, may I think the training. I just want to make of security one of the points, uh, maybe, and I omitted to raise it. Part of our discussions with SAPS is also to see and, and access um, partly, you know, some of the reserves that they have within their, um, you know, database uh, that could also, you know, come in, in, you know, for the medium term. So those are discussions that are taking place where we could, uh, you know, uh, and the training that would be required would might, might be much quicker. Given that they've already been trained, it's really around, you know, customizing it to to our requirements. So there is there is that. So, but I take the point around ensuring that uh, security are trained, you know, uh, particularly for managing, you know, uh, for crowd control as it were. And then, chair, to you, uh, the last um, uh, issues. Um, so, with the the appointment, the appointment of workmen, uh, a lot of the uh, legal um, and other services were found to be regular um, and you know we've now established or at least we've got a new panel for instance on the legal side and uh, the issues that have been uh, noted because I didn't get to the specific issues in terms of all the, uh, the, the investigations those that uh, relate to the regular appointments some of them are still um, within our, you know, the pipeline that we're going to be able to to deal with in the work we're doing with the SIU, uh, and we will update uh, on 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 these irreg the irregular appointments specifically around the certain company. But we didn't get to the details around companies. All I'm saying is, we those that's work in progress with the work we're doing with the SIU. But we've we've managed to we are not giving you know further briefs on the basis of the irregular panels because we've got a new panel in place. Uh, on the legal side. Uh, with regards to having a fully fledged team and when, I did indicate that, um, you know, the five positions that I spoke to at Exco, those uh, will be filled uh, and I'll be making an announcement on those uh, soon. Uh, plus a rail, plus a tech, I mentioned Autopex, Chief Information Officer, as well as uh, the Company Secretariat. Uh, there will be only one more position on CRES that I need to we need to work on by June that will also be finalized and then there will be a full you know a full time exco complement. Um, 
I think I spoke to the issues of the suspensions, the breakdowns, Chair, that you request in terms of who, um, you know, and uh, how far that we can provide. Uh, I, would, I don't have it, um, you know, here in front of me, but, you know, we can provide that easily. Uh, the suspensions, is, they are suspended on pay, if you're, you're asking about whether they're still salaried. And as indicated, the reasons for that, where they, I mean, these colleagues, some of them are charged. There are charges that have been prepared to them. Uh, and others, it is important that, um, you know, they're not able to in interfere with the investigations, you know, um, and those will be able to, to account for individually in terms of the decisions that we've taken with regards to that. But again, it's longstanding issues which needed to be dealt with, you know, a long time ago. Um, I note the last point, uh, Chair, that you made around, and I've touched on it, I think, on the uh, BE targets that we look at and beef up. Um, and I think Chair tried to deal with all the issues, but thank you very much again for the opportunity. Uh, thank you, Chair. I will be very brief just to say that um, uh, let me welcome the goodwill from the committee and uh, uh, for the first time appearance of uh, the administrator, Mr. Mpondo. And uh, I think uh, there's still a long way to go. Uh, but uh, it looks like we're on track in terms of what needs to be done. Uh, the checks and balances are there, which is yourselves, uh, to keep all this in check and to hold PRASA accountable on what it has presented. Uh, of essence is the time, but on my part, I'm not going to delay the appointment of the board. Uh, I'm going to advertise the the board uh, appointment, and uh, because of Prasa and its state of affairs and what I want to achieve at the end of the day, which is stability, I intend to undertake that rigorous oh. process of undergoing transparent uh, process of interviews uh, and applications of people for the board of Prasa. Uh, because most of the things at Prasa have been messed up by bots. So uh, if we we are in a hurry, which is very easy to appoint a board, is the easiest decision you can take. Um, but uh, with Prasa, it didn't work uh, over the years. Uh, all bots, uh, uh, I think, uh, were faced with different challenges. Others tried their level best but they were either in, 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 in conflict uh, with the management or in conflict with political principles in the form of the minister. So uh, we have had that situation, but that place is broken. It needs time to be fixed, but it needs stability. There's been a lot of untouchables and uh, when you arrive at a place with a mandate to intervene, intervention is different from business as usual. You are a board, you've got to meet and do things. Mr. Pondo is there with a specific mission to clean out, put systems in place which have not been there, and then uh, bring stability uh, to the place uh, so that uh, we can focus on that. And uh, thank you for the support, Chair. Uh, for the process, and uh, uh, I think uh, this is not the end. Uh, accountability will continue going forward. I'm just happy that uh, finally this report has been 
has seen the light of day in terms of the committee. We are a very critical committee indeed. But uh, thank you for goodwill and uh, to accelerate the pace of uh, bringing about stability in the broken palace. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Minister, and your team for the good work. A lot still needs to be done. <clears throat> uh, I'm sure we'll be able to deal with the challenges ahead. Otherwise, we are here to trouble you and say, how far are you? Um, what are you doing? Please understand that as, as that is forming part of our work. Thank you very much. Thank you. Honorable members, I hope you are still there. Everybody. Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. Let's deal with the, the last issue, I think, before it close. Should be an issue of um, the presentation next week. We are supposed to have a presentation by Sandra and um, um, AXA. Can I be released, Chair? Uh, Honorable Minister, do please tell uh, the team, I know you are, you are joining your uh, COVID-19 team, am I right? Yes, yes. Do please inform them that uh, we are fully behind them, but our people are beginning to starve because you have taken a decision that before anybody can eat, they must pay more or extra for a scooter to bring the food, even if somebody is just next to the to the shop here. They must still order when they are still they are very close here to uh, the place where they are ordering, which does not make sense to me. 